It's Pinball Expo Month. Jersey Jack Pinball reveals Elton John. Barrels of Fun reveals Labyrinth. Hi, my name is Jonathan Houston. I'm the editor of Pinball Magazine, and you can read all about that on <laughs> pinball-magazine.com. And I'm joined by... I'm Martin Ayer, and I'm the editor of Pinball News, and uh, I'm sure you know where to find that. So um, let's carry on and uh, remind you that we're, we are here to look back at all the excitement in the pinball world throughout the month of October 2023. And what a month it was. Yeah, it was actually a very quiet month. Uh, nothing happened, really. Um, so, uh, no new games, no shows, nothing. Really. No, no, it was a rather dull month. And, uh, well, Let's get straight to the code updates yeah. then, really. Yeah, this is going to be a very short episode, I'm sure. No, we kid, we kid, of course. It was Pinball Expo Month. which It is, was. Uh, yeah, and for those who are uh, unaware, Pinball Expo is the longest... Uh, running annual pinball event the 39th edition took place in the renaissance uh, uh, convention center in schaumburg illinois uh, basically uh, next to chicago and um, yeah Uh, and we were both uh, present martin and i and we both wrote our individual uh, reports uh, from the show where martin is uh Hands down, uh, the the best reporter ever uh, to to report on, on pinball events, and uh, has included Ooh, videos. I'm of blushing; all, we can't see, but thank you. <laughs> included uh, videos of all uh, seminars, uh, which mostly he recorded, and I assisted in some way where possible as well. Certainly did, and he made the that uh, gave me the chance to actually uh, escape from the seminar room for a few hours and uh, go and take some pictures. You which, hear that? Uh, escape. He was prisoned yeah, in there. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so, felt like it anyway. Yeah, but so, uh, thank you for that. Yes, all uh, all 47 seminars are uh, are now on uh, on the uh, Pinball News and uh, website and YouTube channel, right. thanks to uh, Jonathan's assistance for that, and uh, which uh, stretches to about 28 hours worth of seminars. Wow. Wow! Yeah. So if you couldn't <laughs> be there and you wanna you wanna hear firsthand what you missed, uh, check that out for sure on the yeah. pinball-magazine.com website. I um, more uh, published a sort of uh, a diary type of report, uh, which includes all activities or most interesting. Activities. Not all, I hope. <laughs> uh, activities that. Uh, Martin and I had uh, leading up to Expo. And, yes, indeed. Uh, it covers the, uh, from basically from the moment we arrived in yeah. in Chicago uh, and went to visit um, Great, Great American right. Pinball, yes. Mike Nogle yeah. over there, and um, a visit to American Pinball and... Um, Lunch with you, Jarvis. Yeah. Yes, as you say, you mentioned about that, but I don't think you had any pictures from there. No, I, uh, well, I didn't take any pictures. I mean... Well, there was some. Uh, we saw some behind-the-scenes stuff, which uh, we probably couldn't photograph anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's fair. We, we got to play the upcoming Godzilla game. Oh, I yeah, can't mention VR that either. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, edit that bit out. And um, uh, lunch with Steve Ritchie the next day, which was uh, quite of um, 
unexpected but uh, fun Very nevertheless bonus. Yeah, yeah exactly and then we moved into the uh, the renaissance hotel um, i didn't cover the build up because i figured like i'm going to publish pictures of the uh, the the hall when it's set up anyway so why bother mm. um, but anyway yeah, quite right if you want to see what pinball expo was like two websites to go to pinballnews.com pinball-magazine Dot com and yeah, uh, two, two very very different uh, but equally comprehensive looks at uh, at our our trip to uh, to the expo and uh, and beyond yeah so interesting stuff I hope hope you'll uh, hope you'll find it interesting yeah okay so um, now pinball expo is of course uh, about pinball and um, almost every manufacturer is. Uh, represented actually i could only think of two mm. current ones yeah. that weren't represented as far as i could see uh, at the event um which basically gives us a chance to basically follow our uh, regular format and discuss the news from each manufacturer uh, and include what the kind of presence they had at pinball expo in this uh, uh pin cast looking back at october so. Excellent. So let's let's kick off with the the, the, the largest pinball manufacturer, in which of course is Stern Pinball. Yeah, and, well, and, yeah. And, and I have to as say, as far as we know, and the largest pinball factory. Yes, um, now um, yeah. one of the one of the key features of Pinball Expo is the chance to tour Stern Pinball's factory. And uh, in previous years, it had been uh, both uh, Janice Avenue in Melrose Park and Lunt Avenue in Elk Grove Village. But of course, now they have just moved to a whole new building um, on is Bus. it Bussy? Yeah, Bussy. Bussy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. B-U-S-S-E. Um and. Um, it's much larger, but unfortunately, I wasn't able to go. But no, fortunately, oh. Jonathan was. Yes, I so, was. Uh, so he'd better tell us what, what the factory tour was like. Well, um, there is a, a, a separate uh, Stern Pinball Factory Tour report on the uh, pinball-magazine.com website with photos provided by Stern uh, Pinball themselves because video and photo uh, or taking photo or videos was strictly forbidden and strictly enforced also, I have to say. Um, there were basically st- staff from, from Stern, basically every, I don't know, uh, every stone's throw, I would say, uh, keeping an eye out that uh, nobody would take any pictures whatsoever. Um, um, hmm. And uh, so uh, um, I, I sort of, um, well, asked kindly whether media could take pictures, uh, which resulted in Stern providing me with photos from Stern Pinball's own photographers, which you can find on the uh, on the Pinball Magazine website. And um, I have to say, the new factory is is really really big. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, it's is 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 probably the size of. Uh, no, it's, it's probably. I think it. Um, I think the, it's mentioned a hundred and thirty square feet or something like. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I used to. Yeah. <laughs> used to the metric system. Uh, it's not, uh, <laughs> so, anyway, um, it's big. It's big. Um, 
Did you get to see um, things like um, the making cabinets or playfields or anything like yes. that? Yeah, well, if you've seen the tour or been on such a tour, you get the, you have the usual stations. Basically, um, the, 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 the manufacturing of a pinball machine is split up into various segments. So you have the cabling department where they make the wiring harnesses that still go into uh, pinball machines. There's a... Um, in the... Um, uh, in the center between two lines, there is a sub-assembly of uh, the, the various mechanisms that are basically put together and then as, as an assembled assembly can be placed into a game. There's the... Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, well, every... As the playfield comes down to the, the yeah. line to that point. Exactly, yeah. and then it gets put in. Uh, so you start with the blank playfield, which is uh, first dimples for uh, for drill holes and so on on... on uh, so you get to see that that uh, press that every playfield <laughs> of every pinball machine from the past uh, fifty years went through. Uh, um, it's all there. Um, uh, if you, uh, but it's larger. It's, it's I was just wondering whether whether you saw the woodworking area because no. Uh, no. ah, see because 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 uh, most manufacturers, most companies which do that keep that area completely sealed off because of all the dust. That comes from all the cabinet from the cutting of the the sheets Actually, to make the cabinets um, and the back boxes and the playfields. From what I understood, uh, Stern has their woodworking facility at a different address to prevent uh-huh. all the dust uh, coming into the factory. Well, that would certainly do it. Yes. Yeah, and uh, that wasn't part of the tour, so no woodworking uh, um, that we could see. Um, so no videos or uh, photos. Uh, being allowed to be uh, be taken, uh, except for the um, the entrance where uh, Gary Stern and Seth Davids uh, were basically welcoming uh, uh, everybody in, but in small groups. So a group of 10 people, 10, 15 people or so would come in. They could take their picture with uh, Gary and Seth, and then they would be taken into the, uh, the factory through a door, and after which... No photos were further allowed, uh, up to the point where once the tour was over, people were directed into an area where the uh, the new um, model of Elvira House of Horrors was uh, presented. Um, Which we will get to in a minute. Yeah, yeah. One uh, one machine uh, displayed um, behind the rope. Um, similar to the the Batman presentation, only that were three machines, uh, and there was also merchandise sold over there. But um, that was an area where uh, people were allowed to take photo and video uh, footage again. So, right, okay. So, and, uh, uh, and 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 then of course, well, you, you got to see all the all the stations, so to speak, or in areas where uh, once a playfield is um, completely built up, it's get uh, tested and then it gets put in the cabinet and it gets tested again and uh, cabinet assembly uh, decals put applied on cabinets and so on so um, yeah it was all there uh, if you if you're familiar with the tour um, like I said um, it was more of the same but bigger really, and really it, was a, big. it was a very popular talking about bigger it was a very popular tour. There seemed to be very long lines of, of uh, people wanting to take the tour, certainly yeah. at, the, uh, at the convention centre. Oh, yeah. There were massive queues there to get on the buses. Yeah, and, I and, guess and, were, and when uh, you got off the buses. When you got there. Exactly, yeah. 
And um, um, by the time I got out, which was probably 11 uh, a.m., there was still a line outside for people waiting to get in. Right, and not, and not as long as officially started. Yeah. Well, the the buses left at nine o'clock, I think, in the morning, didn't they? Yeah, to, to go there. So I guess it's about half an hour. Yeah. So the um, tour itself probably was like forty-five minutes. So, right. And um, um, well, during my tour, of course, uh, taking pictures was not allowed. Um, I noticed that every tour guy had a, um, a sort of cheat sheet, if you want to call it, with uh, notes. Or what they mm-hmm. could uh, uh, tell the uh, the group that they were guiding through the factory at each uh, stop, so to speak, um, uh, some some interesting uh, notes, I would say. Yeah. Um, and I had a um, basically I asked uh, nobody would give them to me, so I went back in through the front door, skipped the line. <laughs> And uh, asked Seth Davis, who uh, who who was very uh, willing to uh, to help me to get these notes. And uh, Zach Sharp sent them to me, and they're part of the uh, the Stern Pinball Tour uh, report that I put up on the. Did they are? I was reading them reading them earlier. I was quite surprised they uh, they gave them to you. Yeah, but. Uh, so, well, they, they allowed them to be published, I'll try to put it that way, because it's, uh, um, well, I mean, there's nothing there which is, uh, which we don't know already. Yeah, or top but, secret. Uh, yeah, but it's interesting to see what the uh, what the, the guides were uh, sort of briefed to talk about. Right. Well, so, well, of course yeah, I, re- I recommend going to pinballmagazine.com and looking at the, the Stern Pinball Factory Tour report. Yeah, so, and, uh, well, then... That brings us to the uh, the rest of the news from Stern Pinball um, throughout. The well, world let's, of the let's yeah. pick up on that uh, that Elvira House of Horrors then, which uh, which you mentioned just now. Yeah, uh, that was something which was announced about uh, a fortnight before Pinball Expo happened. Uh, it was too late for our uh, last pincast covering the month of September, but uh, you did get it in your uh, your monthly update newsletter. Right, but they are uh, they're producing a a, a new run of yes. Elvira's House of Horrors, yes. a uh, Blood Red Kiss edition. Yes, which um, is kind of playing on the idea that uh, the sort of centaur type um, black and white look with red accents. Yeah, but so also slightly blue before. and yellow. Um, yeah, it's not entirely black and white and red. It's, there's some. No. Uh, the cabinet has but, sort of blush colours on yeah. it, and uh, hair's got some blue, and the candles are yellow, and yeah. yeah but, but, it's, uh, but it's that but, kind but, of idea. But, but it really pops. So it's mostly black and white with the red dominating, so to speak. Yeah, although the, the playfield playfield art is also black and white, uh, mostly mostly black and white, I should say, and red. Mm-hmm. But the inserts still seem to be the same colours as they were uh, on the earlier versions. So yeah, it's, so. it maybe loses a little bit of the impact of, of that. But um, anyway, it's um, it's limited to five hundred units, and yeah. the the price of that is well just shy of thirteen thousand US dollars. Right. Yeah. Which apparently is negotiable because it, it seems that some people were able to get the game for about eleven thousand. Oh. So, okay. So, uh, but that's just uh, what I see on my timeline on Facebook, and we don't have to believe that. But if you're interested in such a game, then you might as well try. You know, yeah, so. yeah. Who, who knows how well they're selling? Um, it certainly seemed to annoy a few 
previous buyers of uh, Elvira's House of Horrors, the limited yeah. edition owners, who thought they were getting the, the top of the range model. And uh, it's it's well, I think it's easily arguable that this is this tops the previous LE in terms of features and 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 uh, probably exclusivity as well. I think I can't remember exactly how many LEs there were um, uh, produced the first time around, but I think it was more than five hundred. Yeah, probably a thousand, I think. But I'm, don't quote me on that. Yeah, I can't remember six hundred. Uh, but, but there were thousand, the, the, but, yeah. there were three editions when originally there was the premium yep. the limited and the signature edition which was the yes. most limited one and the most expensive one so but they all basically look the same only you got a little bit more excess uh, depending on how much more you paid yes including a, a swatch from a virus couch as I understand it, as yeah. well. Which, ironically, is, is red, but on the black and white <laughs> cabinet, is not red. <laughs> no, it's not. No, but, uh, there you go. Um, so that was a, a, a new version, and yeah. uh, seems to be seems to be quite a, a common thing now that uh, when the original LEs were sold, or the, the top-end models were sold, about you know, a few years later, down the line comes a new limited or um, exclusive edition. Yes. Maybe to celebrate some particular um, anniversary or just because uh, you want to rerun it and um, and have, have more ideas on what they can do with it, as, yeah, they, as they have with this one. Yeah. So, and usually we don't cover rumors. Um, I'm breaking that habit now. Apparently, Stern is working on a new Metallica pinball machine. Um which will have a new design, and of course the color display, which the the old Metallica game didn't have. So, but that's all rumors, and it might not be true. But that's hey, what you read on your Facebook timeline or on Pinside, <laughs> or you know. So don't believe everything. Well, I indicated as a rumor, so we we stick to the facts, and the fact is that there is a rumor going around that there is a new Metallica coming. Um, right. But the, but there was also uh, a new uh, Stranger Things announced last month or a new run of Stranger Things. Yeah, that's say. right, yeah. yeah. Um, they've been rerunning Deadpool for quite some time. Uh, yeah, that seems to always be available at, um, at pretty much every show. Yeah. And um, and Tilt also had quite a few of those at the uh, in the se- in the uh, tournament room, I should say, Deadpool. So um, that's... Um, although there aren't other games from that era, so Deadpool seems to be a perennial... Um, perennially yeah. popular title, yeah. I should yeah. say. So now, speaking of um, uh, Elvira, we probably well, you probably addressed this with the uh, the code update. So I will just briefly mention that um, there uh, um, the new game will come with uh, a software update that also uh, is applicable for uh, the, uh, the already existing Elvira games, mm-hmm. which includes uh, a new uh, a new mode, uh, new animations, and new speech by Elvira herself. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, so you know, even if you have the LE and we're feeling all the uh, signature edition, or feeling a, a bit put out by the fact this new one comes out, there is some payback in that you do get you know, uh, a software update with, with new features and new speech calls yeah. included. So, uh, you know, the, there is that, at least. Uh, yeah. But we were talking about that that um, Elvira House of Horrors game, the, uh, the Blood Red... Um, Kiss edition. Kiss edition, yeah. You're not, nothing to do with Kiss. 
but uh, blood red kiss edition uh, that wasn't at pinball expo but no. uh, stern stern did have a big display of, of machines there in conjunction with market specialties yes they took over a, a very large section of the hall yeah. And uh, I don't know how many machines exactly they had. I didn't get around to counting them all. Yeah. But they, they seem to have... About, I'd say about 40. From, from and, the um, top of my head. Had multiple editions of, of every current title, shall we say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Venom, um, Godzilla Do- was there. Uh, 007. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, and um, Foo Fighters, of course, as well. Yes. And, yeah. All the recent and, ones. And, and lots of... Stern staff present uh, at the show and in the factory, of course. But uh, I mean, uh, designers uh, doing seminars as well on on Friday and Saturday. Um, so yeah, they had their usual run of seminars uh, on on Friday, basically taking over the whole whole afternoon and into the early evening yeah. with uh, Stern related um, seminars in the, in, the, in the seminar room. Right. So, what they didn't and, and, have this year, though, which we were, just, we were uh, talking about privately before we came on here, that their the stand seemed to be a little um, less, um, how should we say, um, intricate this year. It was really just the machines there, and they had a little, a small stone shop there where you could buy things like caps and um, yeah. inside of connect kits and, and toppers and things like that. Yeah, and they but had, they didn't uh, have... They didn't have their, their usual, well, what we've come to, to think as usual, uh, area where they do, like, interviews with people, with designers, yeah, where no they stage. have, like, drinks with Gary or anything like that, or with Jack, yeah. anything like that. Um, yeah, no, no, no presentations, no DJs, nothing like that. Yeah, no, uh, no not this year, no. No, um, I guess, guess they were doing the, the factory tour as well, and, of course, they've just moved factory as well, so they've got a lot of stuff going on at the company. And uh, it, it did seem from the, the pictures that you, you have in your report that there was there's quite a lot of uh, sort of empty desks within that uh, that factory at the moment. Yeah, actually, when you uh, when you don't enter, know what they're going to use them for. Um, there's a, when you enter the factory, um, there's a a lot of currently unused cubicles, mm. and um, what I understood was they um, uh, they made a deal with the previous. Uh, tenant or, or whoever rented it, uh, who had them custom made, and uh, they decided to keep them. I think it was a, a shipping factory, a, a shipping company. I think it was were there before. Yeah, so as well, they've got so many so many loading bays around the back. Right. Yeah, I think FedEx used to be there. So um, okay. FedEx is also still listed at that address as well. Um, so next to uh, Stern Pimble. So I'm not sure whether they have the entire building or because i think fedex still has a small portion at the back oh okay but we can report um, and this is verified by both of us that stern are no longer in the lunt avenue building no that was vacated uh like um apparently a month ago um which uh well the, the move itself took like seven days but what i understand is that uh, not everybody who had an office at uh, Lund Avenue, got uh, got an office um, at the new uh, facility, partly because people are used to work from home or they travel so much they are hardly in their office anyway. So why, mm-hmm. uh, why have an office? 
So, um, well, we we did swing by uh, the Lunt Avenue building just to have a look for uh, for old times' sake, just to get well, sort of one one last look. I expect by by the time we go back there next year, it'll probably be knocked down and turned into a server farm or something. Yeah. So uh, it was nice to just get that final glimpse of the old stone pimple. The sign's still up, still says yeah. stone pimple yeah. outside, but uh, oh, we should have seen <laughs> yeah, it's all locked up, and uh, uh, in fact, there was someone there. I think wasn't it from the from the city of Schomburg was sort of patrolling it yeah. at the time. So, yeah, well, uh, we wanted to go dumpster diving, but there was nothing left there or to be found. So, don't bother no, going. Not even any dumpsters. No. <laughs> so anyway, um, moving on then. Uh, so other other stone pinball news, and um, um, yeah, quite a bit. But uh, well, I'll let you do the uh, the. Um, the Project Pinball charity uh, one. Okay. Um, well, Stern Pinball uh, teamed up with Project Pinball, uh, the uh, the charity which uh, which uh, places pinball machines within children's hospitals across the country and uh, looks after their maintenance. And um, they worked with Stern Pinball to uh, have an official dedication ceremony at uh, the. Anne and Robert H. Lurry Children's Hospital in Chicago, where uh, Stern Pinball uh, basically donated, I, I believe, a, uh, a a game. A Jurassic to that Park uh, pinball machine, uh, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. I was just trying to, trying to see where I, I put, put that in my notes. But yeah, it said um, uh, the patients, family members, and staff have been given their own Jurassic Park pinball game to enjoy for years to come. And this is the 70th uh, pinball machine which uh, Project Pinball have been involved in uh, donating to children's hospitals around the country. So congratulations to them. Well done to Stern for donating that uh, Jurassic Park to that hospital. It doesn't um, say whether it's the home model or uh, a pro. Uh, there, there was a picture of it. Uh, it wasn't. I don't think it was the home model. I think I looked okay. at it and I think it was uh, the, the, the pro model. Okay. And um, Gary Stern, chairman and founder of Stern Pinball, said that many people don't know that, that my daughter underwent treatment at Laurie's Children's Hospital, he says. Uh, and Project Pinball's aim to bring the joy of this game to children's hospitals across the nation is very near and dear to our hearts. And he is especially honoured to have been there for the 70th dedication. So uh, well done to all involved. And uh, Project Pinball had a, a big presence at Pinball Expo, including um, a silent auction where there's some amazing prizes um, on offer for the, or, or uh, lots, I should say, not really prizes, that people could bid on. And um, they also had a, um, a tournament there as well. So they um, had a very, a very, uh, very much to the fore, and I hope it was a, a big uh, success for Project Pinball and that they, they raised some good money and uh, way to continue with their good work. Right. Okay. So then uh, on with uh, business as usual, or mm. in this case, um, not so usual. Um, as in that Stern Pinball uh, will be attending the uh, legendary Paris Games Week on-site, which starts um, actually started uh, today, November 1st. Mm -hmm. Or is it? Is that today? Yeah, yeah that's still well, today. Yeah. yeah, at the and, time of um, um, Carries on till Sunday. Yeah, so um, this is not a, uh, a pinball event, but more a, uh, a gamer's event and uh, a very big one I think uh, there's a couple of hundred thousand people attending that so 
uh, we understood from uh, Doc Score, who will be uh, uh, present uh, uh, at this event, representing Stern Pimble together with uh, at least Michael Grant, and I'm not sure if anybody else traveled uh, into uh, to, or to Paris with them, um, but they will be basically trying to. Um, Introduce to pinball, uh, to, yeah. well to introduce pinball to all these gamers who are uh, usually uh, playing video games and mm-hmm. uh, not so much uh, arcade th- uh, games. Uh, at least that's not the focus of the show. But uh, but they're trying to to tap into this gamers market. Yeah, and, and, and expand their market into into associated areas. We say, yeah. as you say, um, uh, console gamers and board gamers. Um, anything, anywhere where um, pinball would seem like a, 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 a good fit, should we right. say. So, and uh, they're teaming up with um, um, Social Pixel, who have a booth um, in Pavilion 2.2, in case you're in the area. Um, mm-hmm. And there will be um, um, uh, games like Venom, Jurassic Park, Foo Fighters, Deadpool, Star Wars, and James Bond present to... Uh, to familiarize um, uh, attendees with what pinball is. So, uh, yes, and apparently um, legendary gaming content creator uh, called Locklear. Yeah. Not, not uh, legendary here, but uh, I guess if you're into uh, gaming uh, content, then you will probably have heard of, of them. They will be uh, hosting a special leadable challenge uh, on uh, Thursday, which is uh, tomorrow. Is there any uh, 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 relation with uh, Heather? Oh, that would be nice, but no, I don't think so. Um, anyway, if, if you are going to the show tomorrow, between 1 and 3 in the afternoon, you will be able to take part in this uh, this leadable challenge. I guess it's like a high school competition. Um, and he will be, um, I assume it's a he, uh, will be attempting to... Uh, to take on all comers and uh, and play the game Venom against them. So right. if you want to go and have a, a, a challenge against uh, Locklear, then uh, one to three in uh, the Paris Games Week show. Right. Addition- additionally, the, uh, yeah. the Pinball Blaster final will be taking place on Thursday, November 4th, with a grand prize winner receiving an all-expenses-paid trip to Pinball Expo 2024. In uh, Schaumburg, of course. Uh, um. All expenses paid. Wow. Oh, wow. Damn it. <laughs> now, now we have a reason to go to, to Paris. Yeah. I, I, that sounds like a challenge to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought we could rack up some expenses there. But, hey. Um, yeah, so good luck to them. Anyway, whoever it is ends up, I'm sure it will be a well-known uh, French pinball player who will uh, who would win that prize but uh, good luck to them and uh, we we'll see you next year from Florida <laughs> <laughs> yes i don't want to name names but yeah now you mention it or his son um Adam. Uh, yeah so yeah so, so, so anyway, anyway if, if you do want to go, go there it's uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, paris games week is held at uh, one place de la porte de versailles in uh, in paris and as Jonathan said, um, Pavilion 2.2 is where you'll find the uh, Social Pixel booth A, uh, 2A001. Which, which is apparently is next, next to, to the Village Cosplay and Retro Gaming. Oh, well, okay. How, how fitting. 
Yes, I'm sure that's not a not an accident. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. Now, if you're in the market for a uh, Led Zeppelin or a uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles premium game, uh, good news for you for holding off so long. Um, mm. Because several Stern distributors discounted new inbox Led Zeppelin Pro and Premium machines, as well as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Premium. The uh, the Pro Led Zeppelin Pro is discounted with one thousand dollars, and uh, both Premium models even with two thousand dollars. Hmm. So this is uh, unusual. So what's the what's the reasoning behind this? Um, well, apparently these games are out of production and they aren't going to be remade, uh, which basically means either the license expired or... Um, they just didn't sell that many, I guess. Yeah, that, well, <laughs> you can buy them new in box, so... Um, and there must be a reason for that, I'm not, uh, or, or not. I mean, okay, Led Zeppelin, uh, I think... There are reasons. Uh, with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Premium, I'm not so sure. Um, to be honest, I haven't played it, so I wouldn't know. But no. uh, but if you're in the market for a new pinball machine and you figure like, hey, I could use a discount, then um, then see if your uh, your local or regional distributor is uh, is selling these with a discount. Yeah, this is unusual because normally Stern impose a, or uh, yeah impose a minimum price on distributors that they cannot or not supposed to sell below, or certainly not to advertise the price below a certain level. And um, this is, as I understand it, at the, uh, they they have removed that minimum price on uh, on these games on these three. Led, Led, Led Zeppelin Pro Premium and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Premium. Right. So um, it's up to distributors to set the exact price, but now there is no longer a price below which they cannot advertise. So you may be able, if you're lucky enough to have several distributors in your uh, in your vicinity, you might be able to uh, work out a deal there, right. playing one off against the other, but anyway, it, it depends whether they've got any stock of course, because if they haven't got, haven't got the games in stock, it's all irrelevant, because they won't be, won't be able to sell it to you anyway Right, yeah, so, and but and, and if they have been sitting on this stock for three years, then that explains why they are <laughs> discounted Yeah, and of course Stern want, uh, want distributors to clear out old stock so they can buy new games from Stern Right. So. Makes sense, no, because they've already bought these games from Stern so uh, it's up to distributors to uh, to uh, to sell them on. Stern just made it easier by by removing that minimum price on those those three particular models. Right. So um, and who knows what else uh, they might be doing in the future? But yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yep, so. Uh, or they just want to get rid of all these. Um, well, I don't see uh, a new model of Led Zeppelin being taken into production uh, uh, anytime, as it's mm-hmm. a. Uh, Steve Ritchie game and Quite. no longer works with uh, Stern. But who knows? They come up with some sort of, I don't know, fiftieth uh, anniversary yes, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, premium edition, and uh, well, then you can pay more than you pay now. Yeah, although I mean, you, you could argue that um, Elvira's House of Horrors um, was designed by Dennis Norman, and he doesn't work for Stern either, and they just brought out a new one of those. 
Yeah, okay, but uh, Greg Freyers, who did the art, is still yeah. at Stern, so it's Indeed. Sort, of, sort of his pet project, I would say. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I think you're right. I don't think Led Zeppelin's going to come out and uh, going to be re-released, and uh, I suspect the license for that would be uh, quite quite pricey to renew right. as well, right. and, and almost certainly not worth it. Um, anyway, talking about um, various new games, there's also new code out, for existing games, and Jonathan just mentioned uh, Vara's House of Horrors, mm-hmm. or version 1.07 came out um, yesterday uh, on Halloween, of course. How fitting. Um, well, of course. Yeah, so that includes a new Pew 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 Frenzy mode. Pew Pew has, Pew. has new gargoyles animations, a, a raft of new speech calls, as you mentioned, and apparently there were some bugs in the game, and they've been fixed in this now, what we haven't seen with uh, this is whether the the uh, display animations for the uh, the Blood Red Kiss edition are different, whether they are also sort of black and white treated, or whether they are still in full colour. But because right. uh, the machine at the tour wasn't showing any anything other no, than just an attract just, screen. Uh, it had an attract screen with the uh, the logo of uh, Elvira's House of Horrors in uh, in red. The rest of the screen was black, and that was it. It wasn't even animated or rotating or, or, or um, right. uh, changing screens or anything. So, uh, yeah. It probably wouldn't be that difficult for them to just sort of put a, a, a filter over the, all, the, all the graphics and make them um, monochromatic, but uh, it might... Might require a bit more work than that, of course, because some of the colours might, if, which work clear, might sort of blend into one another when they're when they're made um, when the colours taken out of them. Right. So uh, anyway, we'll we'll see uh, when that uh, that game actually hits the streets as to whether or not they've they've done anything different with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suspect that they will have done something different because the, uh, the 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 title screen will be different, but yeah. uh, whether there'll be anything more. We don't know. Uh, talk about other software game, uh, software updates then for other Stern games. James Bond uh, 007 uh, is getting very close to version one, so at 0.97, and uh, really coming along in leaps and bounds. That game, I think, when it first came out, the people were really concerned that it was going to be such a simple and uh, basic game. But uh, congratulations to the team, uh, led by Lonnie, and uh, of course George has been pushing it a lot as well. Uh, it's now 0.97, uh, which adds a feature, a new smart missile feature, which uh, sort of takes you back to the old uh, Jurassic Park type game uh, from Data East, where you had a smart missile you could you could use to, you know, if the ball was about to drain or something, you'd hit that and it would it would uh, spot a shot for you. Same kind of thing here. That's available, except you can you can earn lots more uh, smart missiles and use them throughout the game. And uh, there's a new Martini Award, which uh, is a nice little feature. If you if you play the game a lot, you'll know that quite often if you shoot the, from the side flipper uh, up the up the side ramp, sometimes it won't go all the way around onto the ramp; it will fall back down the the uh, the right ramp. And um, which you kind of think, oh, I should get kind of some kind of award for that. Well, you do now. It's called the Martini Award. Uh, they also added some new light shows, um, rebalance the scoring a bit, um, change some of the rules and award values, and of course bug fixes. Right. Uh, Fury Fighters has got a new version, 0.98, um, uh. added a, a new mini-game, selectable at the start, the final battle challenge, which mm-hmm. is kind of, well, all, all the certain games do that now, you, and it's, it's not just them either, other manufacturers are uh, catching up on this as well. You could, where you've got your wizard mode, 
but you can uh, you can also play a mini version of it instead of uh, a normal game. Right. So Final Battle Challenge is added uh, along with a whole bunch of more uh, bug fixes, more sp- more uh, city mode speech and so on. Venom, um, the current game, is on version 0.93, which is uh, not doing too badly. Um, that's just got um, v- very minor tweaks just to... You know, it's got that speed run thing where you can... Um, you can save your progress, and you can be timed over the whole game until you've defeated the uh, the wizard mode at the end. Well, now you, you, the option is there to reset that um, at the start of the game, or either just for uh, the current um, game in play, or uh, for all of them. Uh, Rush, even Rush, remember Rush? Yeah, that's um, version one point one three. That actually had quite a big update, surprisingly. It's uh, uh, had. We're talking about having the the wizard mode challenge uh, as a game mini game. Well, that's had that added. The twenty one twelve wizard challenge has been added in the gameplay menu at the start, and I've added seventy four new speech callouts as well. Yeah, I, got, I tell you, we're excited by this, Jonathan, and uh, along with uh, rules and uh, rule tweaks and bug fixes. And uh, I now have to, if I had a long stick, I would poke Jonathan and wake him up because we've reached the end of the code section. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't boring you, was I? No, no, no. Good, good. No, I didn't no, think no. so. I no, know. it's not that my jet lag is still not kicking oh, in. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah good, good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I think I think that pretty much wraps it up for Stone Pinball. I think we had quite a lot of news from them this month. And so we better actually move on to right. our first new game reveal. Right. Jersey Jack Pinball, Elton John. Yeah. Um, w- widely rumoured. Uh, before uh, it was actually confirmed. Well, I, I, I was still hoping for Billy Joel. Well, weren't we all? Yeah. Uh, but never mind. We'll, we'll, we'll make do with second best. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. no. <laughs> kidding, so, kidding. Okay. So uh, let me, before, before we head into how this game was revealed and everything and so on, um, let me just say um, Elton John as a theme didn't strike me that much in the sense like, okay, yeah, Elton John, it's a, okay, easygoing music, nothing that that really stands out to me. I know you're a big fan. Um, um, I am, yeah. Yeah. yeah I've, uh, and not a shame a long to admit time it. Fan. Yeah, no. okay, no. So, um, so I'll just say, um, once I uh, got to play the game at Pinball Expo at the uh, special uh, press viewing uh, event that was set up on, uh, I think, the Friday morning before the show hall opened. Um, I have to admit, I was not expecting this game to be such a great feel-good game. It's really a great game, which I wasn't expecting. So um, I take my hat off to uh, to Steve Ritchie and his uh, entire team for, for creating such a fun feel-good game. Well, well said. Um, I, as a as a long time fan, um, I was I'm really a fan of his live performances rather than his studio work. Although this this game is based around the, the studio tracks, I I just love the energy he puts into all his uh, performances. So you think it's a sort of laid back, easy going as, as you called it, music, but uh, when you see him in concert, he's you know he's uh, when he gets Energetic. into games like like Saturday Nights or Right for Fighting. He sort of, you know, sweats running off his face. He just brings so much effort into and energy into it. Oh, that it's, could be uh, illness. 
<laughs> not all these years. Um, it's um, now he, he really does um, pull out all the stops. I say to to give a great performance every single time, and uh, I think that's uh, that's reflected well in this game as well. And I only got to play it once, believe it or not, because um, I by the time I got down to this special press briefing, it was about nine thirty. And I was next to play, and uh, and then they announced that they were going to shut down all the games so they can get them ready for the public. So I didn't even get to play it during that press screening or press uh, preview. But uh, but never mind. Um, so anyway, the the game was at first announced online on Thursday lunchtime, which was actually during the uh, the uh, Stern Pinwall Factory Tour. Yes, so, I guess it so, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I was on the bus back when I saw that they uh, they announced it 11 a.m. Chicago mm-hmm. time. So and and Martin and I both had our individual uh, articles on the reveal of the game, uh, thanks to uh, Ken Cromwell of uh, Jersey Jack Pimble, who's in charge of uh, marketing and uh, and PR and that kind of stuff. Um, we w- we were fortunate enough to. Uh, get a heads up uh, under embargo, which allowed us to write this article um, before Pinball Expo would actually start. Because during Expo, there's no way we could cover uh, the reveal of that um, uh, game in proper fashion. I would say so. Uh, thank you, uh, a big thank you to uh, Ken Cromwell. Yes, and, indeed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so check out it, those articles nice. on, on, on on Pinball News and the Pinball Magazine uh, website. Yeah, it made it made it um, in, in a way it was um, it was I don't say it was a spoiler for our our trip because we were we got all the information and we were both then sitting down in the hotel room uh, bashing away at our laptops trying to trying to get our uh, our articles written and uh, and queued up ready to to publish at the uh, allowed time when the, the moment when the embargo finished, um, which was I think about four minutes after JJP. Initially, oh, officially launched the game online. Right. Yes. So that was uh, that was the online reveal, but of course that didn't. That was only so much. No, only only showed you some pictures and um, gave you some details about the game. But I think um, in a, in a way, it's it's a game which you really do need to play to experience because I don't think the just reading about it or even looking at pictures of it give you even you know even half of what the game is really like it's not giving you the the the, the best impression uh that you could could get no. when, or, or uh, when you see the game in person now often we say this with uh pinball machines when it comes to artwork because it's really popping when you see it uh, uh in 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 real uh, life or in person instead of looking at pictures but this game had so much more than we understood, or at least I understood, from the press release that we received. Yes, absolutely. Because um, I was looking at it originally and thinking, oh, is, is, is that it? Cause, but then when you actually do play it, you find that various things are happening in the game which aren't even mentioned on the press yeah. release, or are only mentioned in oblique terms. Um, it mentioned something like, it might mention like an animated Elton model. Well, right. there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah, uh, but we we'll come to that a bit later. Um, now, of course, this was Steve Ritchie's first Jersey Jack Pinball game design, so there's a, a lot riding on this, a lot of expectations, and uh, I would say that when when people 
learnt that Steve's first game was an Elton John game, there was a certain sense of trepidation and, and concern because Steve is, you now he's known for a certain type of combative gameplay. You know, fast flowing, the king of flow, um, a, a lot of you know, bash toys, a lot of uh, attacking and, and fighting. Mm-hmm. And uh, Saturday rights all right for fighting. That's not really the nature of an Elton John game. No, neither uh, would you put in an Elton John hat and bash it. No, of course not. So people were very interested to see exactly what Steve would have come up with, and, and the rest of the team, of course. Um, there's a lot of people working on this uh, in this game, and um, how the theme would be integrated into a Steve Ritchie design. And uh, I, th- I think, as far as the the gameplay goes, it's uh, it plays really, really excellently. Very smooth. Uh, yes. Yeah, just as you'd expect from from a Steve game. And but it's I think it's so much more to this. It's it's all about presentation because it's uh, it's absolutely packed full of RGB LEDs for a start. Yeah. So let's uh, let's just look at exactly what is available. The two versions of uh, of the Elton John pinball. There's the platinum edition and the collector's edition. So as we've seen before in in, in recent titles from Stern, uh, from uh, Stern from uh, Jersey Jack pinball, yeah. uh, they have they dropped the lower end uh, standard edition and just going for the for the two upper end models. So the platinum edition uh, has a retail price of twelve thousand dollars. And the collector's edition fifteen thousand dollars with a maximum of one thousand units of that. And apparently that's already sold out. Right. Okay. Well, no, no great surprise there. With so many, uh, so many fans, and I think this is probably going to be one of those games which, which will expand the uh, the, the collector base into uh, Elton John fans uh, worldwide because it's it's almost like a must-have and and Elton John also promoted well his team at least promoted the game on uh, his social media feeds so it, it got a wide reception mm-hmm. uh, at Pinball Expo they had three machines they, uh, I think there were two Platinums and a Collector's Edition right they were initially revealed in a seminar at uh, I think it was 8pm Technically, the this is not not entirely true. Uh, there was a um, a, uh, a VIP event for distributors and, and and VIPs, which was actually I think 5 p.m. Uh, on the day of the uh, uh, the announcement. Okay. Um, that was held in a in a, a private room with the, th- the same three uh, machines, of course, uh, uh, being available. So distributors uh, and, and people invited, which should have included us, I must say, um, got the chance to uh, to see and play the game uh, in the afternoon before the seminar uh, started at 8 p.m., uh, which you can tell us all about. Yeah. Uh, well, of course, we couldn't... Uh couldn't get to uh, an earlier event anyway because we, we have seminars running all day, um, every day. So it's very hard to to get away from those and go and go to another event. But uh, yes, yeah, so the the seminar started by everybody being asked to leave the hall so the machines could be set up, and um, so that happened. And then everybody was invited back in, and as they came in, they were all given Elton John flashing LED glasses to wear. Uh, I'm not sure quite how coordinated that was. 
But no, um, yeah, not everybody got them because some people were rushing to get to the front and uh, forgot to pick up uh, a pair of glasses. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I was kind of busy at the front. Um, as, I got as you a you. pair. Yeah. You did, I did, and I, and I wore them for a little while as well. Um, so really, it was Jack did a very brief introduction and handed over to Steve, and uh, Steve's his, his entire presentation was to thank the members of his design team individually, uh, individually, and in some detail about what they what they contributed to the game. Um, and then once that was over, uh, I think we played the uh, the promo video. Uh, actually, played it twice as people were coming in but i don't think anybody was really paying that much attention to it at that point yeah and uh, so then we did a, a separate uh, playing of the promo which is a very nice promo i have to say very well yeah. produced yeah yeah i think you commented on on how nicely the the tracks were emerged yeah in, uh, in uh, the soundtrack of it and um and then after that basically they said okay come and play um it wasn't For a huge like amount of time minutes yeah, yeah. Like 15 minutes left <laughs> Because so, immediately and, and, after and, that, we had uh, the screening of uh, Roger Sharp's movie. Yeah, which uh, actually was slightly delayed, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, the t- games had to be taken out and then... Um, oh, well. Yeah, so it was... Um, it was... Um, I don't know. It was. It didn't... It didn't give a huge amount of information about how the game was uh, developed or uh, any anything about the background to it. No, but we'll get to that. We will get to that, Yeah. Uh, but um, I suppose the takeaway features of the games are that uh, they, bo- they both both models include sixteen studio music tracks, which is uh, pretty impressive to have uh, all those songs in there. And um, more impressive, I think, is uh, all the RGB LEDs which we referred to earlier. The uh, the, the platinum edition has uh, interesting. The flyer it says one thousand two hundred ninety four plus. Um, RGB LEDs in it. Right. Uh, well, I'm sure it's 1,209. I'm sure I know how many are in there. Um, and the collector edition has 1,570 RGB LEDs, all individually controlled, which yeah. uh, is quite astonishing. I can't, and that's got to be a record, hasn't it, for the most number of, uh, of individually controllable RGB LEDs? Yes. Not, not counting, um, well, actually, even counting displays. Now, um, a fair number of those are taken up by a, a really nicely designed curved uh, LED display which wraps around the front of the piano that the uh, the model of Elton John is playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's like a second screen, effectively, within the game. There isn't any other second screen on the play field, no. as we've seen in some of the other uh, games from Jersey Jack. Yeah, um, uh, Speaking of that second screen on the piano, I thought it was a very nice touch that the um, the logo of Pinball Expo was uh, scrolling on that um, <laughs> during a track mode. Oh, well noticed. I, I didn't, even, didn't stand there looking at it for that long. But yeah, very good. Um, now, the both versions have a topper included in the, in the price. The Collector Edition topper has two LCD screens showing concert footage. They, uh, I think, I think they both show the same concert footage, uh, yeah, but and, and and it's not synced directly with the the music that's playing because that's studio tracks. But um, it probably doesn't matter that much because you, I think it's um, it's more it's the same song but um, maybe different. Uh, it's cut from live footage, so it's it's not going to yeah. be perfect. Well, and it's not only live footage, but it's also 
um, uh, material that is displayed on uh, the display during Elton John uh, concerts, which is not available anywhere else, but uh, except for this pinball machine. Right, yes, that's right. They managed to get that um, exclusively for this, which uh, the idea is to be able to create what it looks like on stage with Elton in the middle and the two two big screens either side of him showing this uh, this material, um, which um, is it only in, this, in the CE version, the collector edition. The... Um, the uh, platinum edition has um, as an illuminated um, per, um, acrylic two uh, two layer, I think. Um, yes. Copper. Yes. Okay. I think um, I think it's fair to say that people were a bit taken aback by the the price of the game when it first came when it first announced um, twelve thousand for the platinum and fifteen thousand for the collector's edition. I think. Uh, Credit has to be given that the fact they didn't try and dress it up by going, you know, it's 11999 or something stupid like that. It's 12000 and 15000 now you know. Um, but JJP have been very keen to stress that these, these prices include a lot of things which might have been optional extras before, things like uh, shaker motor, uh, rad cal, uh, cabinet decals, invisible glass, art blades, and, of course, those toppers we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um but it's uh, still a bit of a, a roadblock for people to get over, I think. Um, but, you know, it, uh, as you say, they seem to have sold out all uh, 1,000 of the collector editions at 15,000 each. Well, that so, doesn't mean that they're not really available. It could be that distributors bought. Uh, could be. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and they still are uh, available with distributors. So it doesn't mean that if you're... Looking for one that, uh, and you, you missed your opportunity that you can't find them. So, might be worth uh, making a few phone calls or send emails, whatever you know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see whether that's being sold through any any new channels. You know, like uh, the Elton John fan club or anything like that. Whether, whether they have them available, hmm. where where um, they wouldn't previously have been, would wouldn't a thought would be selling something like that. Right. Surprisingly, I didn't read anything of. Um, the game upon launch being available in the Jersey Jack uh, pinball web shop. No, no, same here. Uh, which was different with uh, when uh, I think uh, Toy Story 4 and uh, Godfather came out. Okay. Um, so either a change of in policy or they forgot to mention it. Uh, I certainly didn't see any for sale. I, I was looking on it, but... Uh, um, I'm sure if they'd been there, it would have been, been made obvious. And it would have been in the press release as well, of course, to say that that, that was yeah. available. So, now, there's a lot to say about uh, about this Elton John game, but who better to ask than <laughs> Steve Ritchie himself? Yes, indeed. And uh, we were fortunate enough to actually have a time to sit down with Steve um, straight after... Well, right, we, we, we actually had an appointment scheduled on the evening of the launch. Yes, Uh, at 11 p.m. Yes. now Which we missed because we were watching Roger Sharp's movie. Well, yes, we were working in the seminar room until way past midnight, and, of course, once once all that's over, we had to clear everything away, pack it all up, take it back to the hotel room, uh, make sure it's all secure, ready for the start, the early start the next morning. Right. uh, And try and... uh, try and make sure everything is secured in in that room so as it was we didn't actually get out of there out of there and uh, are available to talk to to steve until much much later 
on in the evening, and wait, we thought wait, we'd wait, miss wait, the chance. Steve found us, and he started complaining, like, I was looking for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like he's in the room, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Where were you at 11? Yes, well, unfortunately, so, uh, we we couldn't couldn't make that, uh, but we did we did get a chance to to catch up with Steve much much later on in the evening. Yes, uh, well, early in the morning, in fact. Yes, and um, 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 well, we we learned a lot about the game, and um, we did, but uh, we were talking to to him at the end of a, a very long and and very tiring day. It was the launch day. Of the game, he'd been in demand, of course, and been talking to everybody, and everyone wanted to know all about it. And uh, of course, he had to do his his speech and remember to include everybody that, that worked on the game. Um, so by the time we got to sit, sit down, um, it was early in the morning, and we we talked and we talked um, a lot. We had a good time, absolutely. We, no, no argument there. Absolutely, yeah. And Steve yeah, was very forthcoming, but but it did turn out to be a little more. Well, no, significantly more uh, of an off the record talk than we had intended. We wanted to record it um, and and bring it to you here, but we 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 talked about so much stuff that we can't talk about here. You know, right? So uh, we we can't say his next game is no, exactly. <laughs> no, and, and we can't no, we no, can't no. Uh, discuss kid, any much so. much of the um, development process either, which is uh, no proprietary stuff. But we do want to bring you an interview, and we think we can do a better, a much more encompassing interview with with Steve, uh, also with the added perspective of being able to look back on that launch and all the reaction from people who've had a chance to, to play the game, because up until that point, we hadn't played it. Well, I hadn't, put it that way. Uh, but I don't think you had either, Jonathan, because you didn't play it until the next morning. Yeah, So, um, So now we have had a chance, and so have many other people. And there's been a lot of reaction and a lot of uh, feedback come back from that, and I think uh, it will be good to get Steve's take on that. So we have agreed to uh, to have another interview with Steve, a proper one where we can talk about all these things and we will uh, set that up at the very earliest opportunity um, once Steve is available because he's he has, a, has other things to deal with at the moment but he will be back with us very shortly and uh, as soon as that's available we will it'll probably be a, a bonus pincast that we'll bring you um, exclusively about uh, the Elton John pinball and our interview with Steve. Yeah, and uh, most likely Steve will not be alone, but he will be joined by Jack Guarnieri, founder of the company. Yeah, who will be able to uh, give us even more background and and, and uh, uh, context to to this launch of, of uh, the New Jersey Jack Pinball game. Right. And, so, uh, uh, so this is not, yeah. this bonus pincast is not going to be available tomorrow. But, um, I'd say give it a couple of weeks, um, and and you'll be informed in it through our uh, traditional channels anyway. Or if you're a subscriber to our podcast, you'll be notified anyway. So yeah, uh, well, we have been assured that we will that this will be the first interview with Steve about the game. Yes. Okay. So uh, so. Um, well, we're looking forward to it, and I, um, I'm sure that uh, based on the information that we already uh, heard but can't talk about, um, <laughs> it will be worthwhile uh, to um, uh, to listen to that once it becomes available. 
yeah, there's a, there's a lot that Steve wants to tell you about it, and uh, we, we're delighted to give him the opportunity to, to do so, and, and Jack too. So, uh, so listen out for that, and uh, it should be good uh, if, uh, if, if past interviews are anything to go by. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's uh, pretty much wraps up everything we have to talk about for Jersey Jack Pinball for, no, uh, for no, this month. No, no yeah, there's, there's more. more. There's oh, more. No. Oh, yes. Tell us. Yeah. Well, um, later this November, the weekend of 18 and 19 November, there is the Dutch Pinball Open in uh, the Netherlands, of course, where uh, you and I both will be present and Mm -hmm. hosting our So You Think You Know Pinball Quiz. And we've been assured by Jersey Jack Pinball uh, that we will be giving away some prizes uh, provided by them. Um, and I have no idea what, but um, in the past they've never disappointed. So if you're attending that event and are in, uh, interested in winning some, some Jersey Jack prizes, as well as from other manufacturers, because it's not a Jersey Jack pinball quiz, uh, we have prizes from other manufacturers as well. But I figured I'd mention that um, the game will be present, the Elton John game will be present at the event, and, uh, and and we will be uh, giving away prizes that may or may not be related to the Thousand John game or other Jersey Jack titles like Godfather or Toy Story, I don't know. Uh, we have no idea what we'll, what we'll be giving away, but it will be worthwhile um, attending the quiz, I think. So, yeah, see you well, I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, unfortunately, I can't even win any of those lovely prizes, but uh, but you can. So, yes, come along to uh, the Dutch Pinball Open Expo. Um, as you say, the, uh, was it the 17th, 18th? Yeah, right, it, it starts the, uh, uh, the weekend of 17th, 18th, 19th, and it's yeah. uh, near, near Eindhoven in the Netherlands. Veldhoven, I believe, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. okay. So, well, uh, so. We, will, uh, we will hope to see you there. Is, is that all the Jersey Jack Pinball news? Yes. Ah, For right. now it okay. is, yes. Right, so from one game launch to another and, and quite an uh, impressive one i have to say and not just a game launch but a company launch i think as well we can uh, we've mentioned a few times about uh, this uh, mystery pinball company uh, who have been sending out teaser emails uh, under the name of george spelvin and um, finally they showed their hands and uh, declared themselves as being barrels of fun a company based oh, uh, in Johnny. houston in yeah, Texas. Houston, Texas. Indeed, uh, founded by uh, David Van Ness, who is actually a, uh, a movie maker, filmmaker. Um, and uh, he has a, a business uh, partner, associate, whatever you want to call it, um, in the person of uh, Brian Savage. Right. I mean, you, you may well know David Van Ness's name from his work at uh, Spooky, of course. Right, yes. And well, was, um, I think Brian is also involved in the organization of uh, the Houston Arcade uh, Pinball and Arcade Expo or something like that. It's not a, it, it's it's not an unfamiliar name, so to speak. So I might be wrong on its uh, function or uh, um, um, the way he was involved, but it's not an unusual name. At least not for me. So, okay, and, and uh, any- yes, I was going to say, and uh, apart from announcing who they are. They also revealed their launch title. 
Yeah, which they did actually a couple of days already before Pinball Expo. Mm-hmm. Um, as um, it was already speculated, and I'm not sure whether we mentioned about it um, or talked about it in our last episode. Um, I'm sure I mentioned it in the Pinball Magazine newsletter that went out, uh, uh, I think, a week later. Um, basically, uh, uh, people figured out that the uh, uh, the license that they based their uh, pinball machine on was uh, the uh, Labyrinth movie from 1986, starring um, uh, David Bowie and Jennifer Connelly. And the game is uh, uh, directed, I believe, by um, Jim Henson, who mm-hmm. we know of uh, The Muppets, of course. Yep. It's a bit of a, um, a, a fantasy movie of this uh, uh, this this uh, young girl, a babysitter, who um, has to find, uh, um, I think, the, the baby that she basically was uh, fed up with and... Uh, <laughs> uh, wished wished that he would disappear uh, or would be taken by trolls, and then it actually happens, and she has to go and and find him, for, and she has to cross this this labyrinth. Um, I tried watching the movie on the on 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 the plane back from Chicago. Um, not my cup of tea, uh, although I do love uh, all the all the Muppets and the puppets and and that kind of stuff, but. Um, I had uh, difficulty staying awake uh, during the first half hour, so to speak, and I didn't watch the rest. But <laughs> okay, so that's about the movie. Now, yeah. this the, the presentation of Barrels of Fun at Pinball Expo. I don't think I've seen. No, I, well, let's let's put it in it. Uh, it reminded me of the way Dutch Pinball yeah. introduced themselves in 2014. So it's quite a high bar to uh, to to beat the way that the the Big Lebowski was uh, launched. Yeah, but they came close. Hmm. Yeah. So they had a uh, they had a uh, uh, rather sizable stand, I would say, with uh, four machines in there, uh, uh, printed flyers available as well, a small board desk with some some candy as well, and um, basically there was a uh, the entire duration of Pinball Expo there was a queue of people waiting in line to play one of those four machines. Yes, and. Um I think everybody who who played it was very impressed by it. Um, I, w- I was impressed right from the very start, even from yes. the setup, just going in and looking at their stand and seeing the fact they had 10 machines in boxes looking utterly professional as if they'd been making these games and boxing them for decades. It right. looks like they were a well-established pinball company and just turn up with 10, 10 of their standard games, stick them on the stand. Yeah, nothing special here. Um, but uh, as, a, as usual, yeah, yeah they are, and they are a startup. This is their first game. You know, there was nothing about it which made it look as if they hadn't been doing this for a long time. The game right, was so. was well built, well presented, and um, and it turned it was out fun. to be a, it was a fun game. Absolutely, I was very impressed with it. The music is uh, quite intriguing. Uh, it's not not your typical standard uh, uh, pinball. Music or uh, whatever you want to call it, but um, very well built, very interesting design, a nice flowing uh, game. So, really, I take my hats off uh, to to Barrels of Fun uh, for for what they uh, were able to make of a, a movie that I was like, meh. 
So it's a it's a seriously it's a really fun game, and it, um, it wasn't only the presentation that they had in their stand, which was very professional. I have to say, um, they also did a throw a pizza party uh, Friday evening at nine thirty, where um, uh, basically they had a wing on the first level uh, next to the seminar room, uh, which is also on the first level. Um, where they were serving pizza, um, uh, drinks, and uh, every and such uh, for uh, for free, and everybody who entered got a a little um, plastic barrel. I think it's filled with uh, candy, if I'm not mistaken. So oh, very, okay. very very nice touch, and very very professional. Uh, in the way they presented themselves and organized their um, uh, the launch of their company and uh, and game, I really have nothing bad to say. Well, you were uh, kind enough to to get me one of those barrels um, barrels of fun uh, from their launch party outside. I was I was in the hall uh, covering the seminar um, Lloyd's seminar uh, during the, uh, the the pizza party, so we missed out on that. But um, I don't know what's in those in that barrel, uh, that plastic barrel. But I and I probably and I probably won't either. because I am going. To, I've already packed mine away, and it's going to be a prize in our prize quiz at the wow. GPO. Wow! Yep. So you will be able to win one of those, even if you weren't at Expo. Wow! So if you want to win the second of those barrels, that's a, uh, that is in the Netherlands because I have the other one. Mm. Um, I, I won't have quiz. one at all. I won't have one for myself. So yeah, that that's the one. So, uh, yeah, there you go. And, um, yes, uh, I think huge congratulations to uh, everyone in, at the factory and, and the company who uh, who are making this game. Uh, but a little, little background detail to it. Um, we mentioned it's uh, got David Bowie in it, and the, and the soundtrack is, is not the usual one you may, may expect in a pinball game. It includes five uh, tracks written by David Bowie from the movie. He actually uh, sings on, on four of them. Um, not on the fifth, but he wrote it. Now the game is going to have a maximum run of eleven hundred units, and it's going to be priced at ten thousand six hundred US dollars. There's only one version of the game. Um, there are extras available if you want. You can get a topper. Uh, there's an alternative back glass available as well, a mirrored back glass, I believe, and custom shooter rod is also available as an add-on. Mm-hmm. And the whole game actually runs on the fast pinball board set. So rather than having developed their their own system, they are uh, they are using fast for this. Um, and it, uh, the monitor systems are quite unusual. It, the, the standard fifteen point six inch monitor on the speaker panel is is fairly standard, a bit bigger than normal, but um, but still. Um, Still not that unusual, but the second monitor is actually on the back panel of the game, and uh, and is using in quite a nice way. But sometimes it's used as scenery um, to to light up the whole back of the game and, and provide um, some depth to the imagery. But also it it's used for information as well at various points during the game. And uh, there are some molded doors at the back which uh, represent a part a scene in the movie where the uh, the um, our hero has to choose uh, left or left or right door and the doors are there and the options are shown on the on the screen behind mm-hmm. so it's uh, it's right there where where the playfield is i think it's a, a good use of it and that's a it's 14.9 inch 
display, but it's it's a very wide and and short display. So it uh, it basically fills the whole back panel that you'd normally see. And you know, you've seen quite a few mods now come out for games like Twilight Zone and others, where they they've actually put displays on the back panel and, and run animations on there. So the barrels of fun of uh, taking that to uh, to the next level and, and using it as full proper information about the gameplay. Uh, and uh, I think that's uh, pretty much what I can think of to say about it. Um, other yeah. than the fact that, uh, as you say, it was, it was hugely popular at the show and uh, they had 10 machines there. They were all for sale and I think they sold them all. Yeah. And uh, um, again, um, bringing up the Dutch Pinball Open um, later this month uh, in the Netherlands, of course. Um, uh, for a good source tells me uh, one Labyrinth game will be present at the event. So um, an- uh, another reason for you to uh, to attend the Dutch Pinball Open if you're uh, in Europe or willing to fly to Europe uh, to play the game. Fantastic. So that's uh, that's a barrels of fun. Who yeah. We will be uh, to be tracking in, in, in these monthly uh, pin, pinball industry news pincasts from now on. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's a, a little bit more news that I can, from the top of my head, I, uh, I should probably have done uh, some more research on it. But there's uh, actually quite a few uh, familiar names involved in uh, uh, in this game. Um, Bowen Karens, uh, I believe, mm-hmm. is involved in the uh, design of rules. And Scott Denisi will be providing uh, music and sound effects, which still has to be implemented in the game. But uh, still, Scott Denisi, again, familiar name. So, and and not um, uh, well, uh, Scott Scott built quite a reputation for himself. So it's a, uh, quite a big name to have on your on your team. Yes, you also you, you kind of get the feeling that. Uh it's a, almost a an exodus from uh, from Spooky Pinball because you got David, yes. who left uh, to Spooky to work with them. Um, obviously um, Scott as well, who used to who do stuff for uh, for Spooky, and yes. and you got Eric Preepke as well, um, yes. who did coding for Rick and Morty and at Spooky as well. He's also part of Bowls of Fun as uh, um, trying to remember what. Um, Trying to remember what his role is um, there, but uh, he, he's uh, he's certainly working for Bowser Fun, and um, so that's that's three people that we we now know came from Spooky or ha- have have worked at Spooky before. Right. Yeah. Uh, there are more, but um, from the top of my head, I uh, don't remember who at this point, so I don't want to spread false information or name people that were not involved. So, Well, there's Paul um, Sulis, who was uh, Director of Manufacturing in American Pinball, interestingly. So he, he left American Pinball and is now working <laughs> for Bowser Fun as well. Hmm. Uh, so, oh, of course, uh, of course, Bowen, of course, also worked yeah. with Spooky. Yeah. Uh, oh. it's, uh, it's a small world, this pinball world, isn't it? Yeah. So, oh well, that's so. Uh, uh, once again, congratulations to uh, the entire team of uh, Barrels of Fun uh, for a, a very impressive and impactful uh, launch at uh, at Pinball Expo, and we wish them all the best. Uh, yeah. One final thing: I'm not sure whether it's it's uh, just uh, rumor or whether it's uh, confirmed, but uh, certainly I've heard it, several people say that uh, they also have the licenses for Muppets and Fraggle Rock 
locked in as well for um, future titles? I would not be able to confirm those titles. I do, can confirm that they have two more licenses locked up. So, mm. and Muppets and Fraggle Rock would be would be great games. Well, tie in with the with doing a deal with the Jim Henson um, company. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and who knows? They might also do a David Bowie game. <laughs> mm. well, I mean, str- the, the 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 connections have already been made, so why not? I was going to say, stranger things have happened, but stranger things has happened. So, um, yeah, yes, there you go. Okay, moving on then. But uh, we, we're, uh, we've got an awful lot to get through here. Yeah, so, uh, trying to wrap it up, but uh, well, <laughs> I guess this is not going to be such a short episode after all. No, well, there's a so. lot of news this month, especially all around Pinball Expo. So, also at Pinball Expo um, were Pinball Brothers from Sweden. Yes. Um, and uh, just prior to that uh, they launched their brand new Ellen Ripley version of the Alien game right now of course we did our uh, our p- bonus pincast interview with uh, with Rudiger and uh, Daniel yes about uh, about that game which we were able to uh, publish once it had been confirmed by them it was uh, again you know it was one of those uh, one of those ones embargoed until such time as the the deal has been agreed with the licensing. Yes. Yeah, in this case, and uh, even at, even at Expo, uh, the game could only be re- uh, presented uh, saying that it was pending licensor approval. That's how um, uh, how the situation was. Um, but so Ellen Ripley version with uh, new artwork all around on the cabinet, a, a different background, Xen- mm-hmm. yeah, different uh, xenomorph head. New uh, mini screen surround, new apron, and a lot of new movie clips with uh, uh, Ripley's voice. Yes, which um, is notably absent until yes. now. Right. Um, they came out with uh, a new 4.0 uh, game code uh, with the new uh, clips, and this code will also be available to uh, standard version and limited version owners of Alien. And, yes. Um, so, notably, it's not uh, going all the way back to the Highway Pinball version, but only the, the Pinball Brothers versions of uh, Alien, um, which is not entirely surprising because it's, uh, that's that's who the license is, is with. Yes. So, um, all, they were also showing um, a brand new Xenomorph Topper, which has uh, a moving tail to the to the creature and interactive lighting. It was uh, it was not not actually moving as far as I'm aware at the show, but oh, um, I, I actually uh, the, um, from what I understood the uh, the topper arrived uh, in like 17 pieces at the show and they had to put it uh, carefully back together, uh, which is which explains why there was a sign that said please don't touch it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. So, so what's the first thing I did when they pointed it to me? I touched it, and uh, so I'm, without reading the sign. Yeah. But uh, there you go. Um, yeah, but, yes, but so. people could see what it looked like, and it looks actually uh, quite impressive. Yeah, um, yeah, very nice detail with uh, with the eggs and so on on it, and uh, and yes, of course it, the, you the, the, almost the feel you almost feels as if it should be more visible than being on top of the machine, so because it sort of be angled towards you a bit, so you can see the, the level of detail because it's it's very nicely made anyway. Yeah. So, and I, um, um, I do have to say that the, the new uh, artwork package um, looks more appealing to me than earlier 
alien artwork. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think you're alone in that. I think some of the uh, purchases of, of earlier ver- of uh, the standard and the limited versions were uh, were, were uh, sort of kind of wishing that they had that uh, artwork. Well, good news for them. Yes, it will be available to purchase um, in the, uh, the Pinball Brothers web store. Yes, indeed. For, uh, and so you can customize your own game and uh, apply this new artwork or um, uh, some of the, uh, the the 3D sculpts and, and, and so on um, to, to basically upgrade your own game. So, yes, uh, there's a whole, whole list of up- upgrades that are available for, for the game now. Uh, if you if you like uh, the look of the of the new uh, Ellen Ripley version, and uh, I think most people do. Right, and that's not all. It's not. No, because uh, Pinball Brothers also showed, again, pending license or approval, mm-hmm. a new bank glass for Queen. Ah, right. I, I knew that was coming, but I, I didn't see it. No, so it you, was there. There was uh, there were uh, a few uh, Queen games uh, present, and one had the the, the new uh, pending license or approval backlash, which um, doesn't feature the band uh, or images of the band. It actually features the um, uh, the logo of Queen um, over a stadium crowd uh, backdrop, so to speak. Now, I'm, uh, I'm looking at my picture that I took, and I can see what you're talking about. Yes, I hadn't tweaked that. Well done. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, and, uh, like I said, it's still pending uh, license or approval, but um, I really like the way it looks. And uh, um, for many people, the artwork of Queen has been a little... Uh, for some, it has been... Uh, a reason not to be interested in buying the game, um, but that might change now that this uh, or once this new backlash becomes available. I think it looks a lot more um, uh, classic, so to speak, partly due to the logo. Um, but but if if some people didn't like the the, the drawing style of the artist uh, that, that did the first backlash, then this is a very good alternative, I think. Yeah, I have to admit, I was never a fan of, of that particular style of, of artwork for the backlash. So, uh, something, something, an alternative version would certainly seem like a good idea. And this is officially licensed version, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, nice to have that option available and. Uh, I'd certainly be looking at getting that if I had a, a Queen machine. Um, don't th- not sure whether a price has been announced for it yet. No, I don't think so. No. no. So no. that will be uh, uh, once there is, you'll hear it uh, in this uh, in future episodes of our uh, monthly pincast. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is, is that so, all? I think for <laughs> Pimble Brothers, yes. Okay. Right. Okay. So let's look at somebody else who had a a new new-ish game, as at least a new version of their game there, and that was uh, Turner Pinball. Yeah, who, from uh, uh, Texas. Yeah, from Texas, who uh, we, we first saw their, their game, their Ninja Eclipse game, at the Texas Pinball Festival back in March. And mm-hmm. at Pinball Expo, they were showing the latest version uh, in a, an unusual cabinet, which I think divided opinion in, in, in some respects. Yes. Uh, and uh, I suppose also galvanised opinion for, for others, uh, particularly uh, around the 
price for one of the uh, 100 first edition machines, which uh, comes in at uh, $9,777. Very precise number there. Uh, Plus taxes and shipping. Right, yeah. Now, one of the, I guess the, the overriding uh, first impression you get of the game is that it has a much shallower cabinet to it, um, mainly uh, because it doesn't have a coin door on the front. Yes, uh, which, now, uh, which put off a lot of people yeah. thinking it was a, a homebrew or... Um, or a, a home pinball machine. Yeah, home version. Not, not mm-hmm. one for commercial exploitation. Yeah, some people say it looks more like a zizzle-sized cabinet, which is a bit unfair. Uh, but that's that's the risk you take when you start messing around with um, with the standard dimensions of a game. Then, uh, right. so some some people welcomed the acceptance that uh, the cabinets are only, only as deep as they are on most other machines, just because they got to have a coin door on the front. Mm-hmm. There's not really much in the in the way of equipment in the bottom of a cabinet these days uh, some people put their board sets in there others put them in the back box and if they put in the back box or you they probably put the power supply up there as well and then all you have in the in the cabinet base is really like the, the coin box and a speaker and the and uh, well that's it really yeah yeah and, so, and a power switch on the on the, on the, at the bottom which doesn't yeah, need so, to be deep no so i i like the way they rethought how a pinball machine or a cabinet uh, could look. Um, it, and, and I have to say, it actually looked... Uh, I found it impressive looking um, with with uh, the way the, the glass lifts um, with uh, uh, lightning integrated in it as well as the, uh, the apron. And um, it uses very simple uh, uh, mechanisms, for example, to... Uh, um, for the for the ball trough, um, and the game actually played also very nice, very smooth, um, uh, interesting game to play. Um, but it also made me wonder: okay, if you're a startup company like Turner, um, why not focus on getting your manufacturing straight and and. Uh, start with building a, a, a pinball machine in a more traditional way instead of trying to improve elements that many people might feel don't need improvements or wait with that until you have a, a, a second or a third game before you start implementing it. But first get everything uh, going in, in production-wise and so on. Build, an <coughs> build a name for yourself. I mean, obviously, Turner Pinball is... Not related to Deep Root, but at Deep Root we've seen tons of innovations. At the end of the day, they never saw the light of day. Yeah, uh, which is uh, you, you may wonder, like, okay, is it gonna? Do you have to invent or reinvent stuff that doesn't need to be reinvented? But uh, sometimes it it, it works. Um, but I would do it at a later stage. That's just my personal opinion. Um, interestingly. Uh, during their seminar, um, Chris Turner uh, announced that uh, based on the feedback that he got at the show from people indicating that they want a um, uh, a cabinet with a coin door, um, he announced that there will be an arcade edition of the game with a standard cabinet and the version that we 
just described will be called the uh, the epic version, and uh, chances are the, uh, the 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 arcade version of the uh, cabinet uh, might be slightly cheaper. Yeah, and I think he also said that they would be looking to take some of the mechs out of the game as well to 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 make it cheaper. But even so, it, was, um, it didn't seem to make a huge amount of sense that. Um, Judging by the price difference, it seemed that it's it's far more expensive to make this different style cabinet than it would be to get a standard pinball cabinet. Right. Which makes you wonder, well, you're spending money to get less. Okay, so don't really get why that is. Do people really have a problem with the depth of pinball cabinets? Other than it's wasteful. Um, but, of course, if you're going to operate it, then... Well, his his original intention was to use a bespoke digital payment system called PinPay to pay for the games, not 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 to take uh, cash on location, in any way. Uh, yes, on location. That yes, is, sorry, yes. For, yeah, to play to play the game. Um, people were thinking, well, why why do you need another system of payment? Um, there, there are plenty of other payment systems out there at the moment. Uh, PayRange is one of them. There's also, you know, you can you could easily get a like you just say, a standard Mastercard or Visa card reader, put it on the front and, and charge like not like vending machines do. Uh-huh. Um, so you could do that. Um, Pinball has a a history, well, a, a short history, of trying alternative means of paying for games. I don't know if uh, anyone listening remembers uh, when Jersey Jack Pinball uh, launched and were, were coming out with their Wizards of Oz game. They teamed up with a, another card provider uh, in the early days called um, Dynamics, who had a thing called an e-plate, which allowed you to had a, a buttons on it, allowed you to pick what, what kind of rewards you wanted when you use this credit card to pay for things. Uh, surprisingly, I checked into that earlier, and that still that's, that system still exists. If you go to uh, dynamicsinc.com, um, then you can find the e-plate there. Um, the idea was that it would give you exclusive gameplay modes if you used it to pay for pay for your game um, on the Wizards of Oz. But um, <clears throat> and also, you could be entered into a draw to win a Wizards of Oz machine. But I don't think that ever came to anything, and uh, Jersey Jack soon dropped the whole idea. Uh, so I think ultimately no one's really looking for another means of paying for uh, paying to play the game. Uh, of course, well, uh, if, it, if, it, if it's an operator, they probably already got uh, a, a tried and tested method of, of collecting payment for, the, for all their games. And they don't want to have just this one title or one manufacturer who wants to do things differently. So having a, a coin door that takes a dollar bill acceptor or or a swipe card or, or even you know, even does redemption. You know, has has a, a ticket spitter or something like that or a, a ticket um, onto a digital card. Mm-hmm. You know, all of which are, are assuming you're gonna have a standard size cabinet. And if it costs right. and it costs a lot more to not have that, you know, what's what's the benefit? Right. Yeah. I mean, there so. there are some nice things. Absolutely, in what you were saying. You know, the having the uh, the the playfield glass lift off in a cassette. Well, Highway Pinball did that as well. Um, some time back, and Bally did it as well with some of their games. Right. So it's, it's there not exactly must be a reason. Idea. Yeah, there must be a reason why they abandoned it. Well, it's expensive as we as we're seeing now. Um, 
it gives the advantage of being able to build lights into the frame. So that was a good idea. The other thing which um, the Turner people would have done is they they not using glass. They're using perspex uh-huh. or acrylic uh, sheet for the uh, for the play, to cover the play field. <clears throat> now that again, you know, if you're an operator and you put your games in a bar, then you will. It needs to be incredibly strong and robust. Right. And um, you know, I've seen people. I've seen pinballs in, in locations and the cleaners who are going along cleaning the the, the location, they're, they're walking across the playfield grasses from machine to machine. You know, it needs to be that strong and I don't think a sheet of acrylic is really going to stand up to that. Yeah, so, so another reason that maybe isn't going to work. But yeah. it, I think it's, it's good that they're trying new ideas. The, the back box was particularly unusual in this one. Yes. And, uh, because it's... It, the the artwork is just a, a single sheet, printed sheet, and it's got a a strip of uh, at the top of the back box on the inside, illuminating it. But the whole back of the back box is open. There's nothing yes. in it. So the, there is literally that one sheet with the with the artwork on it between the between the front of the game and the back of the game. Right. Which so, yeah. again doesn't seem too robust. Somebody could could easily punch that and take the whole thing and. Oh, then you've got no, you've got no artwork or t- game title in it. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, again, uh, similar to what I, I I mentioned, I appreciate them trying to come up with a new uh, payment system, but I think they would have a lot more credibility if they would have first produced a, cu- a couple of games, yeah, uh, build a reputation for themselves, and then introduce something like that, which is backwards compatible to all their earlier titles, of course, and uh, uh, but at least operators have uh, by then gotten an impression of who they are, what they are capable of, and uh, whether, you know... And, w- and whether the game earns, that's the thing, because yeah. who cares about a new payment system if it's not taking any money? Well, it's actually endangering the risk of not taking any money if people don't know how to use it. Yeah, that's right. If you if if you if I walk up to a game and I have to download an app in order to be able to play it, and I don't have that app, I'm a assuming I've actually got any data either by Wi-Fi or, or cellular data to, to download it, and B, I actually want to be bothered, and I'll just play the one next door. And I'm also right. interested in, in how that how that new cabinet looks in a lineup of of other manufacturers' games. Yeah, you know, it might look like the home model we were talking about earlier. But I, I don't want to be too too negative here because I think Turner Pinball will come up with some, some really interesting ideas. Absolutely. And, and the game played very nice as well. Well, I'll um, take your word for that. I didn't get a chance to play it, unfortunately. Yeah. So, no, no. Um, I, I appreciate what they are doing. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure whether the timing of everything that they are doing is uh, the best timing. But uh, I wish them all the best, and uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to what the, what they will be showing at uh, Texas, uh, which is the next uh, big event in like five months. And, yes, uh, their home state, of course. Yeah, that's right. Yes, we have, have uh, quite a few machines. They had two two machines um, at, uh, at Expo, and I think correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they had a system where there's a, th- a second flipper button on uh, the right-hand side to operate the yes. upper flipper. 
Now, on one game, that was tied. It was uh, those two flippers were tied. To, the two right-hand flippers were tied together on on a single button, and yes. on the other game, they were individually operated. And I think yes. the the overall impression was that uh, that I got was that people preferred it all being on one button yes. rather than two separate ones. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Chris uh, Turner uh, addressed that as well in his seminar, which can be uh, viewed on the uh, Pinball News website. Um, if you, Thank if you, you. Want more, uh, more more information about that. Yeah, uh, one other thing which I think um, sort of, uh, sorry, angered, but uh, raised a few eyebrows was that uh, they they say it's going to be shipping in spring 2024, uh, so uh, Q1, I guess, um, or, or Q2 maybe, and um, there's some doubt about that. There seems to be quite a lot up in the air as to what's exactly how it's going to be made. Um and in what quantity. But also they have this, at the moment, you can order one, but you have to pay a $150 reservation fee to be able to order one, um, which is which is not a deposit. It's not it's not refundable. That's just to allow you access to buy one of the first 100 first edition games. It says uh, all reservation fees are non-refundable, are inter-eclipse games undergoing final testing and preparation for production. However, if any unforeseen events should occur, the payment of the reservation fee does not guarantee you a first edition inter-eclipse or any machine. The reservation fee does not guarantee you your numbered spot in line. So it just seems like it's another $150 on top of the the price of the game. But um, that's, that's kind of... Little things which, okay, it, it, it puts off. It's, it's, if they made it a deposit and a non-refundable deposit, that would be fair enough, and then people would know that that's that's what they're paying for. But at the moment, it, you know, why? It just seems to be a, a barrier to, to people who are interested in the game and yeah. needlessly irritable, irritating, I should say. Yeah. Oh well. Well, Still, we, we do okay. wish them luck, of course, and. Yeah. Uh, Really keen to play the game. I, I, haven't, I haven't, as I said, I didn't get to play it at Expo with everything else that was going on, but uh, and, and the queues that were that were there to to play it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. yeah, looking forward to it. And uh, the, as I say, got some nice ideas. I think a little bit of uh, fine tuning and uh, maybe a little realism um, needs to creep into uh, to some of those. But uh, I hope hope a number of those ideas do make it through. Right. Yeah, okay. So, um, moving on to another company uh, that, that showed up uh, with a new pinball machine. Mm. Um, we're talking about uh, Pinball Adventures from uh, Vancouver, Canada. And um, I think this was their uh, very first time at Pinball Expo, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they had announced, uh, well, or they have been producing Punny Factory in uh, small quantities for uh, the past couple of months and they already announced that they would be revealing their elements game at Expo and uh, and so they did uh, although you might have missed it if you were there because uh, um, and this might be my personal opinion speaking it wasn't a very impressive booth and uh, the elements game was I think not working properly uh, and being serviced on for at least the first two days of the show. Uh, which is not a very good impression to make, I think. If you bring a game and basically uh, you have uh, uh, technicians working on it uh, to get it 
to work. Um, no, we've well, seen that uh, with uh, <laughs> many times with uh, the highway pinball games at, at various shows where uh, the games have, have at least one of them has, has always been uh, been worked on right. pretty much throughout the entire show. Which, uh, yeah, so, as you yeah, say, it doesn't doesn't produce a good impression. But um, they at least brought both those games. Um, yeah, I think I can. Uh, I don't want to say I'm going to correct you, but I will uh, maybe clarify that Pinball Adventures have certainly been at Expo before. Okay. But but this is back in the days when they were doing their, their series of, of uh, books with Todd Tucky. Right. And um, that... Which uh, Yes, we know how that went. And, uh, well, perhaps you don't, but uh, I'm sure there's plenty of reading available if you want to know how the whole, uh, whole series of books um, turned out. But this is the first time they've been at Expo with games, and uh, Punny. I think I, I can't remember the the Punny Factory being uh, being shown anywhere else either. So, um, well, can you? Uh, yeah, the Northwest uh, Pinball Show. Ah, okay, well done. Yeah, okay. Yeah, just, and yeah. Uh, Yak Yak Pin. Oh, okay. Right. Well. Yeah. Okay. That was early earlier this year as well. So. Uh, yeah. So yeah, they they were. I think they announced they would be doing three shows, and this uh, expo was the third, and the other two we just mentioned. Um, I kind of don't like saying it, but um, if you see the impact that Barrels of Fun made, and you compare it to what Pimble Adventure was doing, then it basically was like not in the same league. Um, I think that's yeah, uh, fair to say, yes. Yeah. And um, um, wishing Pinball Adventures all the best, but um, if you want to review a game, um, I think I would at this point suggest at least bring multiple of the same game so people get a, can get an idea that you're able to actually build these games and have them make sure they all work. You know, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, in in the defence, I would say that this is this was a we say a soft launch of uh, elements because there's, uh, there's there's quite a lot still to do on the game to be finalised. I don't think what what they were showing there was in any way the production um, production ready sample. In fact, I know that. Um, there will be some fine tuning done, and I know someone, a uh, well-known industry professional, has offered their services to work on fine tuning some of the shots, make them a lot smoother, and basically make the gameplay in a, in a nicer way uh, before it's uh, ready for production. But uh, I thought I actually quite enjoyed playing it. I played a couple of games on it. Uh, Andrew was telling me what does he need to do. Uh, I do question some of the. Um, some of the decisions made, such as the where the displays are on the game, there is a, yeah. a, a display right on the very, very top of the bat box, which I'm not quite sure what what use that is. As far as it, it, it has some gameplay information, but the actual main display seems to be the uh, on on the bottom apron, which uh, contains all your scoring. Um, but that seems mm. a bit weird, but. Um, it's nice to try these new ideas. Not uh, as we're seeing with uh, with Turner. You know, it's all about getting some nice ideas. Some some of which will stick, and some of which won't. But uh, yeah, and uh, well, some will stick if you if you have a proven track record. Yeah, which in this case is 
not not really the case, I'd say. But uh, but still, okay, it's pinball, and we appreciate everybody trying. Um, although I had um, uh, distributors uh, telling me that they thought it was a a homebrew stand, which I'm not sure is the impression that you want to leave behind if you're trying to be a serious pinball manufacturer. Well, I think that's yeah, that seems harsh to me, but uh, I understand that it didn't didn't make a big splash. With the, with the new game, and they didn't hold and it didn't have a seminar about it either, which uh, would have been a good way to to help spread the word. Right. So, uh, oh well, um, I think uh, it's safe to say there are lessons to be learned, um, and maybe not if they want to do it their way, then have it your way. Um, and um, oh well, we'll see uh, well, how it turns out. Also, slightly unusual was they had. Um, had playfields displayed for uh, Pony Factory elements and also the next game yes, as well. Which I think it's a, it's a ninja, Mania, yeah, or um, yeah, a ninja, whatever. Yeah, um, I'm trying to remember the exact name of it. Uh, it's a it's a ninja based game anyway, and uh, I wish I could find out exactly what it was because I, I I did write it down somewhere, but uh, yeah, I so did I. It's so, my, one of my. Uh, earlier uh, newsletter so I should be able to, uh, to yeah, find it. but let's move on for now uh, but it's rather unusual to show a playfield uh, just a bare playfield with artwork on it it was no unusual mechanism. Yeah. 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 Um, well you were still trying to, to, to launch your second game which isn't working <laughs> uh, and well. I can't uh, I'd love to, to be more positive about this but if you don't bring a working game um, um, uh, when you're revealing it, um, you're making it very difficult for me. <laughs> okay. Well, I think, uh, I think we've, we've pretty much covered that from now. Uh, so let's move on to uh, to a, a, another company which which had a a very large display at uh, Pinball Expo this year. Yeah, uh, literally and figuratively, uh, figuratively yeah. speaking. Yes. Uh, because they had a very large uh, screen in the back of their uh, stand um, this, uh, portraying um, a promotional video for uh, Galactic Tank Force. And, uh, of course, we're talking about American Pinball. Indeed. Um, now, we, uh, and you can read about this in Jonathan's Expo report on the Pinball Magazine website, we had the opportunity to go and visit American Pinball at the factory, at their factory in Palatine um, before Pinball Expo started. And yeah, that, that, That's our Tuesday morning. Yep, that's right. Um, so, and while we were there, we spoke to uh, game designer Dennis Nordman, who, um, of course, is a designer of Galactic Tank Force, uh, but he was able to talk to us about that and uh, upcoming games, which, of course, we can't talk about here. And uh, also, we, we met with uh, David Fix, um, who runs the company, and he was uh, both talking to us and showing us the production uh, situation at the company right now, what they're making and what they've got coming up. So the when we were there uh, a year ago, we were looking around the factory and we and we saw they were making lots and lots of playfields for games, but they had a real shortage of back boxes and cabinets. Yes. Well, that that issue now seems to have been thoroughly uh, resolved. They have lots of both cabinets and back boxes in the factory and are um, uh, seem to be busily building machines at, uh, at quite an impressive rate. 
Uh, we, yes. we saw signs all around the factory uh, where it's kind of like an internal challenge to to build uh, 300 new machines by December. So this, bear in right. mind, this was the, uh, I think it was through October and November. So that'd be about yeah, 150 seven. a month, I suppose. No, I think it was uh, October, November, December. So three-month period, 100, oh, 100 a month. Okay. Yes, and it's it's not one title. No. Uh, when we were there, they were uh, building both Galactic Tank Force and Houdini. Um, and the 300 is for the total uh, amount of games uh, they are striving to build by December, uh, by the end of December. Ah, so. well, the, the actual signs up they said three hundred uh, by December. Yeah, I mean by the end of December. Yeah. Uh, that that's what I understood. But then again, English is not my native language. So <laughs> I don't, part, of, part of me, if I misunderstood. Well, it's uh, ambiguous enough that I'm sure they can they can manage that either way. Uh, but the, yeah, as you say, they were building Galactic Tank Force and Houdini games while we were there. Um, Interesting that the Houdini games they were making was the final run with uh, which had all the 3D sculpts in it. After that, they'll be producing the classic edition, which uh, which gets rid of those, those 3D models and replaces them with uh, plastic pieces instead. And also uh, on the uh, the uh, the escape box at the back as well, rather than being a wooden one, it uh, has decals. On it, yes. um, still looks pretty good, but it's uh, yeah. it's a much much cheaper product to make, and uh, and of course that becomes that's reflected in the price of the game. Right. Um, while we were there, we did discover there was uh, some new code coming for Houdini. Um, not sure exactly when it's going to be announced or released. Of course, we're announcing it now, but. Um, yeah, there will be some some code which will make it easier to lock balls. There's uh, the the uh, the main uh, ball lock which uh, goes into the uh, the catch, the uh, which throws it into the the trunk. That is a notoriously narrow lane, so there is a a means coming up to make it uh, in software to make it uh, more accessible. Put it that way. Uh-huh. Uh, but that hasn't been announced yet, and um, exactly w- what what it's going to consist of um, is yet to be decided. Um, and there's also another mod planned for um, Houdini and another one for Hot Wheels as well. Uh, yes. Again, not announced. Not announced yet. Um, when it is? I thought they were both very, very interesting, I have to say. And, yeah, makes um, sense. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, useful and... Um, um, well, uh, it's up to American Pinball to announce these. Um, but if you're an owner of uh, one of these games, then uh, uh, you can expect some um, mods coming up that that might enhance your gameplay um, quite a bit. I yeah. Would say. Okay, but. Uh now, American people had a, as you mentioned, had a, not only a big stand, they had a big presence at the show. Uh, Galactic Tank Force, of course, uses uh, real actors um, to portray the characters in the game, uh, four main characters, um, and uh, four, four actors who portray them. And uh, for Pinball Expo, American people had brought those actors to the show. And they right. appeared, uh, first of all, in a seminar, where they were talking about their 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 well who they are their history and their involvement in the game and their interest in pinball and then the next day they were on the American pinball stand dressed in their character outfits 
and signing flyers and posters for anybody who, uh, who wanted to come along and, and get one and, and meet and greet. And uh, they're all, they all seem to be very personable, very, very pleasant and very, very much up for the, uh, the public appearances. So I think it worked out really, really well. And there were certainly long lines of, of people to, uh, to come and meet them and get their picture taken with them as well. Yeah, and apparently, uh, what I understood from David Fitz, this is the, uh, well, uh, so far, the only event where uh, all four of the actors were present, and most likely it will also be the only event um, he's not planning to do it again. Yeah, well, not surprising. It must, must be uh, quite difficult to get them all, all together and, and also have them all with their with their, um, their outfits on, their uh, Gratitude Tank Force outfits. Yes, um, uh, and um, yeah, I thought it was uh, very interesting. Also interesting to notice that for this one event, uh, American Pinball did have, uh, uh, I wouldn't call them flyers, but um, uh, so, well, let's call them flyers anyway, signable flyers for each character. So four different one. Four different flyers for uh, uh, one for each character yeah. uh, that they that they could sign. So uh, you have um, uh, Professor Plotnik, I think he's called. Uh, yeah, that's you have, right. Uh, Empress Anoya mm-hmm. and uh, um, I forget <laughs> the other names, the Duke Boom or whatever his name is. Um, Duke Moonwalker, I think. Okay, well, um, so each of them had a. Uh, um, uh, a, a flyer for their character, mm-hmm. which they uh, were uh, signing, and uh, uh, we'll be giving away a set of those, including with uh, uh, the flyer for Galactic Tank Force um, at the. Um, uh, uh, so you think you know pinball quiz at the Dutch Pinball Open? This is one of the prizes you can win, which is uh, rather exclusive because. Uh, from the looks of it, these will not be distributed any further anywhere else. No, and these were created by um, Chris Fratchy, I believe. Yeah, who did yeah. the artwork for the game. As yeah, well. And exactly. he was also present in the booth, yeah. uh, signing uh, flyers and posters and what have you. Indeed he was, yeah. And, and of course, yeah. had his own booth at the show as well, where you could also uh, pick up this and an artwork from other games or even just other prospective titles as well that yes. he's worked on. So he's, yes. a, he's a prolific guy at the moment. And uh, I have to admit, the Galactic Tank Force artwork, everything about it looked absolutely uh, top-notch, yeah. totally in keeping with the theme. So uh, it was a really, really nice event, and uh, I think it, everyone was very appreciative of it, you know, uh, to have the signing sessions, in addition to the, uh, to the regular uh, signing uh, autograph session that they have at Pinball Expo every year as well. Yeah, so um, I guess that rounds it up for American Pinball, and um, well, I think it does. Yeah. So moving on to uh, Pedretti Gaming from Italy. Well, um, not 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 much news from them, but uh, there is uh, some some new code um, which is out for Whirlwind Total Chaos. Just just announced that uh, version 0.7. Um, which apparently um, has new firmware for the fast pinball system, which um, which Whirlwind Total Chaos uses for uh, for better uh, relay control. Uh, has a new speed run feature, which is all the rage for everyone now to be able to time their way through the game. 
has uh, new adjustments for the mode timers, and there's some apparently some fi- some bugs in there which needed to be fixed, and uh, they have been fixed. So that's that's pretty much it for uh, World in Total Chaos version 0.70. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, spooky pinball. Back to the US. Yeah. Well, last month we reported that uh, that Total Nuclear Annihilation version 2.0 hadn't quite sold out. Uh, they still had a, a couple of machines left. Well, good news. Um, those last two machines sold, and nobody else cancelled. So uh, TNA 2.0 is now officially sold out. Right. Okay. Um, and uh, of course, we know that um, Scooby Doo is the uh, the current uh, spooky pinball game, mm-hmm. um, which is still available to uh, purchase in every model. Uh, available on their uh, uh, website, um, but their uh, Ultraman, the game uh, they were making uh, before Scooby Doo, is al- also still available in uh, a Bloodsucker edition and and another version, I think. Yes. So right. um, if you're uh, if you're into that, then uh, head to the uh, the Spooky Pinball website uh, to uh, to order one of those. Um, apparently that website has recently been uh, renewed, although it basically looks like um, they moved the site from the new.spookypinball.com uh, URL to simply spookypinball.com. Yes, that's right, yeah. Um, so and the old one exists, but it redirects the new one now. So, yeah. uh, yes, it's... Uh, doesn't contain a huge, uh, hugely different thing, but it looks a little, little more professional, a little more WordPressy now than it did before. So yeah. I think it's a certain improvement on uh, on design. Even the content is is not that different, but uh, it does have a web shop where you can where you can buy these games. Although we we were trying it earlier and we found it to be very very slow at, yeah. uh, going through the web shop. But uh, I'm sure if you're uh, looking to buy any any stuff from there, it would be worth uh, persevering with that. Um, now we mentioned about um, Scooby Doo, Ultraman, and Halloween, of course, which is uh, Ultraman and Halloween share the same same basic design. Um, all three have have new code. Um, oh. Yeah, Scooby Doo has uh, had some um, a few days ago on the 28th of October. Pretty minor update, really. Um, has now has combos built into it, so that's a new feature, um, which uh, you can create unique permutations of character awards um, as a um, tooting character orbits in rapid succession to build combos. Uh, there's a new pirate henchman um, feature. Um, bashing uh, Cutler will start pirate henchman mode after uh, the multi ball mode. Yeah, and lots more extra ball opportunities. Lots more extra ball opportunities. Uh, Ultraman and Halloween are kind of both getting updates, but Halloween's like one version ahead. Um, and of course, Halloween had a uh, a new version of software on uh, Halloween, uh, appropriately enough, which um, also well, now has... yes, that's right. And like we were saying earlier with, with um, Stern Games, they got this uh, this wizard mode um, mini game, uh, which is available from the start um, of the game. Um, other than that, just like longer ball saves, bug fixes. Ultraman has a new mini mode, Giant Fuji, 
uh, which uh, the instructions for which don't mean an awful lot unless you know how the game plays. And I don't know how the game plays, so I won't bother boring you with that. But uh, there are lots of new bits and pieces like tweaks, call outs, performance improvements. Yeah. But apparently there's a lot more still to come on Ultraman. So uh, if you own that game, uh, nice to know it's still getting some love. And right, uh, so I think that's about it for Spooky. Yeah, well, they were also present at um, Pimp Expo. Of course, Expo. yes. Yeah, uh, rather sizable booth. Uh, they brought some uh, Scooby-Doo games and uh, others as well. don't remember exactly what they brought. but uh, And, of course, uh, lots of uh, merchandise, which they were uh, selling at uh, at their booth. Uh, it was run by, uh, by Buck, mm-hmm. son of uh, Charlie and Kate. And... Um, I uh, don't think I've seen Charlie or Katie anywhere uh, during the event, so... Uh, no. Oh, well. Um, that's uh, actually quite usual uh, uh, recently, so... Uh, uh, seems like Buck is uh, mostly running the company these days. Uh, and uh, yeah, as far so. as I can tell, he's, he's still, still he's putting off a great job. So, uh, kudos to, kudos to, uh, to, uh, to Buck. Yeah, we didn't do uh, a seminar about anything uh, this year. But uh, I guess they've already done that. Uh, did one at Texas, I think, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So uh, probably no more to be said about uh, Scooby-Doo at the moment until they got got their next title out. Yeah, uh, which actually should be like the beginning of next year because they're planning to finish Scooby-Doo by the end of this year. So um, there might always be delays or something, but uh, the planning is that uh, should not. It should be a couple of months, and then we have a new spooky title. Okay, look forward to to seeing what that's going to be. Um, okay, so let's move on to to Multimorphic um, yes. from uh, down in uh, in Texas as well. Texas is becoming quite a, a hotbed of pinball manufacturing these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, we the, there was a, a sort of a manufacturing update uh, put out by uh, Jerry Stellenberg, who's uh, head of the company, um, with a, a kind of mixed news, mostly good. Uh, saying that uh, lead times on new P3 pinball platform machines, which used to be, well, it used to be more than 12 months, has now been reduced to uh, just a mere four to six weeks. So they've been ramping up production on, on full machines. and uh, or, or a lot of people bailing out. Well, um, possibly, but I doubt that. Um, lead times on standalone final resistance playfield modules that's their current title the scott denisi design game that's um that's around about four months at the moment so uh, if you wanted to order one now you, you wouldn't expect to get it for for four months uh, however all other game modules uh for games like heist and weird al and 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 uh, 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 cosmic cosmic heart racing yeah that's it and can Exactly. They're all available in stock and ready to ship right now. So uh, that, that's a good situation to be in. Uh, although rather strangely, if you order a P3 machine, a brand, uh, a complete P3 machine with final resistance in, um, you will uh, probably get it earlier than if you just ordered the standalone final resistance kit because they, they run separate lines for, mach- for uh, modules that go into complete machines and those which are sold as standalone, uh, as, uh, as add-on kits, um, which is, okay. Um, uh, I suppose it means they, they get to sell more P3s that way, uh, complete P3s. Um, 
talking of final resistance, they uh, Jerry announced they're making stronger versions of final resistance's drop target assembly and the center wire form following uh, feedback from from customers. And uh, they've had a few engineering issues, I think. And uh, Jerry says they're actually pausing announcing any new games while they go back and sort of do a, a thorough re-evaluation of all the critical parts um, used in their games um, and re-engineer them where necessary in order to make the game, make the whole platform much more robust and well, uh, fix any issues which which have been, which they've noticed or have been reported to them. Um, so because of that, there won't be the uh, the new game announcement that they were planning for the fourth quarter of this year. And that won't happen until uh, next year, uh, Q1 of next year at the earliest. Hmm. So, uh, okay. yeah, interesting that they're, they're um, basically saying, okay, let's, let's stop, have a look back, sort, sort out any existing issues before we start releasing any new titles. Which is a, you know, it's it's a good thing to do, but uh, not every company is uh, is in a position to do that. Some people, you know, some companies have to keep the line going, mm-hmm. and um, stopping that and not announcing any new games is uh, as a bit of a, a bit of a luxury for some companies. But uh, good that they're doing it, and it, I'm sure it will pay dividends into the future. Yeah, and uh, suppo- uh, hearing this, um, I imagine that if some parts uh, are uh, re-engineered and uh, replaced, um, that will probably uh, mean that everybody already owning uh, such a machine will have to either buy or get sent a, such a replacement part um, to, to avoid issues in the, in the future, uh, which might take up some time and that, that otherwise could be used for uh, uh, assembly of uh, uh, production uh, playfield module. True, or it could just be a case that if, if people report there being an issue with a part which they've subsequently redesigned, and then they will get sent yeah. out the new part, but but not not to everybody, only, only right. as and when the problem occurs. Because some people will probably never experience some of the problems that they've they've noticed. So it's not worth Fair the time point. and effort doing that. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Uh, now they also announced some new code. Um, the the uh, um, announcement I saw was for Final Resistance, which is not a surprise because it's the current game, as we said earlier. Version one point one point one point one had been announced. Uh, there are a lot of changes and additions, uh, including lots of ball savers and basic um, basic functions which have been improved uh, or added, which weren't there in the first place. Uh, they added some more final resistance appropriate music to the launcher where you pick which game you're going to start off with. Um, and uh, a, a reasonable number of bugs as well, which have been uh, been squished in this version. But I thought that was it. But then uh, I asked Jerry to give me the details of, of uh, what the update is. And he said, oh, by the way, there's also uh, updates for Dungeon Door Defender. Uh, oh, right, okay, so that's now on version 1.6.0.2. That has a, a huge list of uh, new features added to it, which... Uh, which we're not going Which to we are not going address. to go through. No, quite right. No, uh, and also quite a lot of bugs fixed. And then he said, oh, and also uh, drained as well. And uh, and, the, and the add-on game uh, drained bite size. They both got uh, new features as well. 
added. Um, so great. So and and, and bug fixes fixed. Uh, of course, bugs. bugs yeah. Fixed. So version two point zero point zero point one of drained and one point zero point zero point one of bite sized drained. Right. Okay. Um, as you say, won't go through the details. Just enough to know that, that those four code up, four games have received code updates uh, in this past month from Multimorphic, and uh, right. or in the case of uh, Dungeon Door Defender or Drained uh, from third party uh, suppliers for those. Right. Okay. So, um, um, James Cardona of uh, Cardona Pinball was uh, uh, present at Pinball Expo with a small booth in which he was uh, showing both uh, No Good Gophers Battle for the Green and Black Rose Blood and Bones 2.0 kits. And um, funny enough, uh, I was uh, I, I was playing the No Good Gophers game and someone walked up to me and asked me whether I owned that game because he wanted to buy it. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's the purpose here. Um, <laughs> you have to own one of these and uh, then can change the game into what I'm currently playing. Yes. So, um, yeah. Um, but, uh, oh well. Uh, it was good to see uh, uh, James Cardona being uh, at Pinball Expo and uh, display both of his uh, his games. Um, you talked to him as well, so uh, what, what what did you talk about? Uh, yeah, he basically showed me how you install the uh, the 2.0 kit. Um, we were particularly looking at uh, Black Rose Skull and Bones and uh, what you need to do to install it because obviously it runs on the, the fast pinball uh, system so you need to yeah, take out again. yeah you need to take out the existing control boards um, and put in the, the new one uh, from fast and um, what that entails and because it needs its own um, PC to run unlike the original black rose which runs on the uh, the uh, CPU board of course mm-hmm. and um, of course it's got a, a completely different display to it and so um, the idea is that um, I'm going to get one to review fairly shortly. So I'm um, just working, working with, um, working out exactly who, which machine that's going to go in, and uh, I look forward to doing a, an in-depth review. But it was, it was uh, good to see. I didn't get a chance to play either of them because I didn't really get a chance to play anything very much during the show. I think I played six machines in total, six games, I think, in total during the entire show. Well, it's a record. <laughs> it's a record low, I think. Yes, <laughs> but um, more than you, uh, more, more than I played. Oh, uh, I, well, I, I find that very hard played, to believe. Uh, yeah, no, I p- probably played like ten or so. Oh, uh, well, there you go. You're, you're, for for a three day event, that's <laughs> not, not a lot. I know so. it's it's uh, it's it's quite quite shameful, really. But uh, the important thing is we got to, got to uh, got to play the the new releases, or at least you did. Uh, I got to play some of them. Yeah, and except for uh, Pony Factory and Elements. Oh, well, I did get to play those, you see. So, yeah. Yeah, you see. Now, now who's jealous? Yeah, uh, exactly. So. Yeah. Um, but, 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 I did get to play, again, Pulp Fiction. Did you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Which, uh, which brings me to uh, Chicago Gaming and, of course, uh, Play Mechanics. Uh, yeah. Uh, working uh, together on, on this Pulp Fiction uh, machine. Now, the... Um, um, I was able to talk to um, an, uh, Butch Peel, 
and uh, mm-hmm. with uh, at, with Chicago Gaming, and yeah. I asked like, okay, so what's the delay with the production of um, uh, Pulp Fiction, which apparently now is finally in production? Um, and, not uh, sure whether it actually is yet. I think think there's a a, a production prototype or sample right, okay. being produced, okay, so. but I don't think it's actually gone into production because I think they need to need to order a lot of uh, parts for it before they can they can get that far. Right. Okay. Now I may be paraphrasing here, um, but um, what I understood from from uh, Butch Bill is that um, uh, the company run by uh, Doc Duba, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, Doug has a say in everything. It's his company. And he firmly believes that people will forgive you for being late, not for uh, giving them poor quality. So he's, uh, the, the delays are caused by they, because they want to deliver the best quality. And if it takes more time, it takes more time, but people will forgive you for taking more time. That's the, uh, that's the idea why it's uh, apparently taking so long. And I also understood there... Uh, they run into some difficulties setting up a second production line in the in the factory, um, and once that's sorted out, then of course games will be cranked out a lot quicker. So. And also they'll be able to um, make the Cactus Canyon machines, of course, which have also been pretty slow in uh, coming off the line. Right. So um, yeah, I wanted to try uh, to talk to uh, Ryan White, who was at Expo as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he was uh, very good at avoiding me. <laughs> he's, he's well practiced at that, I'm sure. Yeah, as indeed are most of us now. Um, but they did do a seminar um, on the making of Pulp Fiction, which yeah. had Mark Ritchie, George Petro, Scott Bakulski, and uh, Josh Sharp. All, all on the on the panel there to talk about uh, the design of it, and um, of course, no, that they they have no idea exactly when the game's going to go into production either, or when it's going to be available to purchase. Yeah, uh, it's all it's pretty much dependent on uh, Chicago Gaming, and uh, as you say, and Doug uh, as to when when they actually are in a position to build it. But mm-hmm. they did give a, a nice, interesting presentation about. Uh, how the game was conceived and the various uh, stages of uh, approval or uh, lack of approval it went through uh, and and how long it's taken to actually get to this stage. Yeah, Yeah. up to the point where they actually delivered the game at Quentin Tarantino's house. So it's a very interesting uh, seminar uh, to check out, which you will find on the uh, Pinball News uh, website. So um, make sure to, uh, to 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 listen what Mark Ritchie and his um, uh, colleagues have to say about that. Great. And uh, moving into another new, well, actually not another new company, a long-established company, a game that's been in development or been in production for a long time. Uh, we moved to Dutch Pinball, and uh, they didn't have a presence themselves at uh, Pinball Expo, certainly uh, nothing like uh, we were talking about earlier when when the uh, the Big Lebowski was launched. Uh, but they are now uh, they are represented by CoinTaker, who right. had a couple of machines. That? Yeah, yeah, that distributor uh, for the US, so that makes sense. Yeah, and um, Barry Dreesen, the founder of the company, was also present at uh, uh, Pinball Expo together with uh, uh, Rens, who is. Um, uh, taking care of the uh, 
social media updates, so to speak, on, mm -hmm. uh, on uh, or at least on pin side, uh, keeping people informed how production is uh, is coming along of uh, of the Big Lebowski. And um, so uh, Barry was present, and um, uh, I think he had a, a rather good expo. Uh, um, I did talk to him briefly. Uh, it was good to see him there. So um, they're obviously also working on uh, on on other projects mm -hmm. other, other than uh, the Big Lebowski, but uh, I'm not at liberty to talk about those. So we would. Okay. Um, I don't think there's anything more to say about uh, no, Dutch two, two, two games in the stand of Cointaker. And, yep. um, the both uh, played quite a lot, I think. Still were people like oh, yes. to play that game. Yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't get anywhere near it just to uh, see what, what model they had there and what features were included and whether they had um, any of the extras on the game or not. Um, but um, one company... Well, it's a company from Europe which wasn't at uh, Pinball Expo, and that's Hexa Pinball, who we've mentioned before, and, yeah. uh, and their Space Hunt game, which is their, their, their launch title. Um, they are apparently working hard to get uh, CE certification for that, which, um, as we uh, remember from uh, from Deep Root days, was always a sticking sticking point when trying to get it uh, UL or CE certified so they can sell it. Um, I think it needs to be CE certified for things to sell it in the European Union. And uh, I'm not sure whether they can sell it within France, even without CE certification. Probably not. Um, so that's, uh, that's a key, key uh, milestone to reach before they can actually start putting the game on sale. Mm -hmm. um, that's Pretty much all we have, uh, all the news we have from Hexa Pinball at the moment. Okay. So, um, so well, then uh, uh, one company that to, wasn't uh, there. Yeah, from one uh, uh, to another, uh, Haggis Pinball from Australia, um, last year represented in the uh, Fast Pinball booth with a Fathom game, but uh, this year I don't recall seeing any Haggis Pinball machines. Um, on the floor, uh, whether it be uh, Fathom or uh, uh, Centaur uh, Revisited that was announced not so long ago. Yeah, or Celts. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, But apparently they uh, are still cranking out Fathom Revisited, uh, albeit at a very slow pace. So, um, oh well, best of luck with that. And um, we, all, we look forward to, to, to seeing them again at a... Um, uh, a big US uh, yeah they, 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 they normally like support Texas, Texas don't they yeah yes yeah so hopefully so. we'll see see them there see uh, Damien and Martin there um, yeah giving and, us uh, updates and, and, yeah and there was another uh, pinball company not represented at all uh, and then we're talking about uh, home pin from Taiwan so uh, and no 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 presence means uh, no representative uh, at the show, but also no game. So uh, this is Spinal Tap was not present um, at the show, which is pity because um, I was curious to see that game in person. Yeah, no Thunderbirds either, as far as I can tell. No, no. Which uh... so, uh, and uh, no news from the company also in the entire month, other than uh, uh, Mike Kalinowski, the owner, uh, assisting uh, someone who imported a bunch of games from uh, uh, other manufacturers in uh, 
actually getting them to work mm. because there was uh, several technical issues uh, with them. So um, uh, he posted about that on the uh, on, on the Home Pin Factory uh, Facebook page, but yeah. no updates on the production of this Spinal Tap. Oh, oh, okay. Well, there's no news from them. Let's have a quick uh, quick scan of some of the other companies we haven't got any news from. Um, well, I don't think we've got anything from Bitronic in Spain. No. Um, STR Pinball, which we should keep saying we should, we should take out the list, but uh, yeah. they're still there, uh, still hanging in there, and I hope that, uh, that something will, will happen. Uh, take them out myself. <laughs> okay. Uh, Quetzal Pinball, um, still no, yeah. no news on when Tokyo Perfect Drift is actually going to, uh, going to go into production. Yeah, no, still not so. Um, Circus Maximus, um, we reported, I think, last month that um, the uh, the Kingpin project and the Pinball Circus project are considered to be dead, and we had no verification whatsoever. I had reached out to uh, James Loughlin, uh, Loughlin who um, uh, runs Circus Maximus, um, or run. Um, at this point, that's not sure, but we did get some... Uh, new information that um, explained, sort of explained, if true, uh, what happened. And um, as it turns out, uh, James has been uh, battling uh, the sister of Python, Angelo Uli, um, for years now. And uh, Uli uh, um, has always been trying to, to, to claim the estate of um, uh, Python Angelo and um, having uh, been at Python's place and uh, hearing him talk about his sister, it's fair to say that they did not get along very well. Um, and as far as I remember, uh, Python didn't want his sister to uh, have anything to do with his art or his legacy or whatsoever, but apparently she she had other ideas. Um, so she went to court. She fought James, who was uh, at that point um, trying to build uh, Pinball Circus and uh, and Kingpin. Um, in many instances, James uh, won court cases, and then she would find another argument and go back. Uh, apparently. Uh, the last time she actually won in court and there was uh, a date set to which uh, James could appeal against uh, that ruling um, and that expired without him doing so. Um, and apparently that was the nail in the coffin for that project. Right. So it seems like uh, she now owns um, his estate. She inherited his uh, artwork or what there is of it, what hasn't already been sold off. Uh, right. Anything left is now, presumably now belongs to Uli, his uh, Python sister. Right, yes. And, um, uh, well, we'll just have to wait and see what uh, what she's planning to do with it. Oh, so, um, what, what there is of it. You know, what, what, what is left. Yeah, well, that's that, that's one thing. I know that um, uh, James sold off uh, a lot of artwork on uh, on eBay, and and when I say artwork, I mean the original uh, Pinbot 
uh, um, uh, mock-up sketch. Yeah. Uh, the dual layered one uh, is one of the items that was sold off on eBay a few years ago. Um, hand-drawn artwork, uh, lots of sketches that, that, that were basically lying on Python's desk in a, in a pile of, of stuff that needed to be sorted out. Um, a lot of that was uh, sold off uh, on eBay. Uh, at that point, I understood to fund the, um, uh, the, uh, the Kingpin mm. um, project. Um, and in the end, it turned out to be um, for nothing. Well, it just hasn't gone anywhere. And uh, hasn't, nothing has happened to it for, for a long time now. Right, but it doesn't mean the money is still there. No. Well, quite. We don't. Well, I to say we don't know what happened to that. But it's, it's none of our business. It's uh, we have no money. No. We have no no coin in the game. So it's uh, yeah. So, but even so, oh, well. it's uh, interesting development, and and that could, could be the end of the you know the final nail in the coffin of uh, Python's Pinball Circus uh, remake project. Um, if it actually wasn't already dead, right. So, uh, oh well, mm. um, still wish uh, best of luck to uh, to James and Paul. Paul was also part of that project and um, um, hope to be able to report on that story uh, someday in the future. It would be nice if it could actually uh, be wrapped up in a positive way at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so other news. So we covered all the pinball manufacturers, I think, at the moment. So, uh, yeah. Uh, or, or is there a new one? Well, there might be a new one. Mm. Um, we both received a uh, an email um, um, indicating that uh, there is a company, and we don't know which one, uh, working on a pinball for or themed after the Princess Bride. Yeah, and we all went, "What? Isn't that some kind of kids' cartoon or something like that?" But apparently not. Um, no. The the email um, basically directed you to a website, uh, which is www.theprincessbridepinball.com, which is uh, basically says, will the Princess Bride make a great pinball game? Question mark. Are you kidding? Fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love, miracles. It's an incredible game. And then it asks you to sign up um, for updates on uh, yeah. on the progress yeah. of it. Um, a news, newsletter, uh, yeah. So so you have to enter your email address. And when you do that, it says, uh, thank you for your interest in the upcoming The Princess Bride Pinball Machine. We will share more information in the coming weeks and months. We cannot wait to share this amazing pinball experience that brings this beloved cinematic masterpiece to life. Mm-hmm. Well, no, in, no indication who it's from, um, no. or who's involved. So, I think uh, didn't we do a, uh, a who is? Search? We did, but it was uh, yeah, it, yeah. It points, points it was Finland, Iceland. Oh, Iceland, Iceland. Iceland. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 Reykjavik, yeah, wasn't so, it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, well, we'll just have to see whether that's the address of a um, uh, just a um, internet provider or or a URL, mm. uh, yeah, web host or, or something, yeah, 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 something like that. Yeah, so. or whether they are actually in Iceland, mm. okay. which would be the first Iceland pinball manufacturer you and would. make them the biggest of the country immediately. <laughs> 
Well, that's that's one claim to fame before before anything else. Okay. Um, right. Other news. Um, yeah. Um, we mentioned well, earlier that uh, on our pinball expo trip we had the opportunity to uh, go and meet eugene jarvis uh, yes who of course uh, runs owns runs raw thrills the uh, the arcade game manufacturer and developer and uh, went to, the, to their factory and um, saw some of the uh, the games that are in development which we can't talk about no but they will be revealed at iapa later this month and that's in florida it is, yes, good point, yeah. Um, but suffice to say, well, I think you already mentioned one of them, uh, but we, we had a great time playing uh, a VR game, which yeah. uh, which is, I, I think, for, for me, I'm not really a fan of uh, video games or immersive video games like that, but uh, for this one, yeah, this one I'd put money in and play. It was uh, it was quite, quite awesome. Um, so watch out for their latest uh, fully immersive uh, VR game with uh, movable seats and uh, um, complete um, surround um, sound and, and uh, the, the VR headset and everything. It's, uh, it's great fun. I mean, it's one yeah. of those ones where you've got a limited amount of control, to be honest, but uh, it's, a, it's a good um, two-player game where you, you can battle your, uh, your, uh, your partner and uh, try and, try and uh, shoot more things than they do. And that's pretty much yeah. uh, the, the the gist of the game, and it's a it's a great ride. Right. So now you may wonder why were we <laughs> having lunch with Eugene Jarvis? And uh, well, Eugene Jarvis and I go back to the days when I started working on the, the Python Angelo issue of Pinball Magazine, which still has to be finished. And basically, Eugene was there to urge me to finish it. <laughs> One of many. To urge you to finish it. Actually, actually, yes, that seemed like the 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 the, the red thread throughout the Pinball Expo. Uh, there were quite a few people that were urging me to finish the Python Angelo issue, as they can't wait to read it. And so, okay, that's uh, once I'm I'm uh, well. This is a busy month, but I will get back on that and try to finish it. And oh well, maybe I should just. Mm. Publish it and um, uh, see what I will do with uh, what's mm. left on the table. So, but uh, well, talk, talking of publications, um, we can announce that uh, that Ryan Clayto, remember Ryan, um, teamed up with yeah. Nick Baldridge to do a coin up carnival. Of course, he yeah. has a new publication out, um, a, a book called One Bite at a Time, which uh, launched uh, today. Actually, well. Well, it's yesterday now, but uh, on the 1st of uh, November, he, he launched um, a new Kickstarter project, which uh, is for a, a, a very lavish-looking book, which celebrates 20 years of his uh, Elephant Eater uh, imprint. He is doing an online tour to promote the book, and the book um, looks at, basically looks at the process that he goes through in order to create publications like Coin Up Carnival, things like uh, Mr. Jones' pinball watches that he's done. It's not all pinball, but all but various um, different publications that he's done over the years, and uh, shows you how he does it. And it's uh, quite an innovative book, the way it's created. And um, if you want to find out more about that, then um, he is doing a one-month-long promotional online tour 
throughout the month of November. And I'm pleased to say that Pinball News will be part of that. I think we have a, an article and an interview with Ryan all about um, his One Bite at a Time book and Kickstarter project. And I think that's going to go live on the 7th of November. So watch out for that. Otherwise, go to, uh, I think, uh, look for the URL. But uh, one, if you go to Kickstarters and search for One Bite at a Time, or even just Google One Bite at a Time book, uh, I'm sure you'll find out all the details of uh, what it's about, how you can buy it, um, and uh, where you can read more about it. And, of course, uh, check out Pinball News from the 7th onwards, where we'll also have all that okay. information for you. Oh, sounds interesting. I'll check it out. Yeah, it's a good nice. book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, moving on, Brian Allen, um, who has been known for uh, making alternative translite art uh, for uh, various pinball machines, um, released a or produced a new uh, pinball translite, this time for Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, he was showing it at uh, Pinball Expo on his stand alongside all, all his other translites. And uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a nice one. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not always necessarily a, a fan of uh, redoing uh, translite art in a in a very broadly similar design to the way that it was done the first time. Uh, but uh, this one is significantly different, and um, I think probably better because it's it's less about the movie, I think, and more about uh, Dracula himself and uh, and uh, his story so i think that's uh, it's a nice and uh, a nice looking translate and uh, if i had the game i'd probably get it okay good well uh, best of luck to uh, to brian uh, with his uh, his artwork and we look forward to uh, to other uh, uh, new alternative Pinball Translites, mm. and, and whatever else he's working on. So, um, As we mentioned earlier, uh, well, there is the Dutch Pinball Open Expo coming up this month in uh, Veldhoven, uh, which is uh, on the outskirts of Eindhoven in the Netherlands. We'll both be there uh, holding our quiz. Uh, if you're able to, uh, to come over, um, it will be your chance to win some very, I would almost say, rare... Uh, uh, at least in Europe, items uh, that we'll be uh, giving away if you know uh, your answers correct and you're you're having luck with um, <laughs> the money that you uh, or the, the the prize that you will be drawing. Yes, that's right. Yes, because the winners, when we get down to the last few correct answers, we just uh, ask everybody to pick a, a raffle ticket, and the raffle ticket uh, relates to a prize. So it's uh, pretty much a lucky dip. Is exactly what you get. You may get a major prize, you may get a smaller prize, but it's, it's all good stuff. Anyway. Yeah. And, uh, so, and it's all free. So, yeah, uh, so. so come along. Last, last but not least, you have some news on the never-ending story of Deep Root Pinball. Well, a little bit. Um, we're kind of waiting at the moment. Um, at least we were last time I checked. Um, if you remember last month, which I mentioned about... Um, the Security and Exchange Commission, the SEC, had, had applied for a summary judgment on the case against Robert Mueller uh, in relation to uh, the Deep Root funds and how they were uh, spent uh, and or invested or not invested and uh, how the money was spent on uh, on a pinball company. Uh, 
at the moment, we're still waiting on uh, on the judgment from the from the judges as to whether a summary judgment will be handed down or not. Uh, but in the absence of that, uh, the court case or uh, the impending court case rolls ever closer. Uh, there have been lots of interesting documents submitted for, for evidence in this court case, including many financial statements about the company's balance sheet, um, information and videos of upcoming game titles that uh, we may not have seen before for, for titles like Goonies and uh, Machine Age, um, things like details about uh, how Raza was uh, sort of retroatomic zombie eventually would be built were it ever to be built, including things like the bill of materials for it, uh, and even, uh, even a pinball news article about the launch of, uh, of that game has uh, been submitted to the court for inclusion as uh, as evidence. Uh, if it goes to court, who might be called as a witness? Well, one person who might be called, as we mentioned earlier, is uh, one Chris Turner of Turner Pinball, of course, uh, was, was looking after the financial software for, the, for uh, Deep Root and uh, would have a unique insight into exactly how the company was run. But uh, it, that's all maybe. Maybe the summary, summary judgment might come along and uh, render all of that unnecessary. And uh, But uh, we'll, we'll wait for that, and we'll, uh, we'll bring you details of that um, next month in, uh, in, our, in our next Pincast. Right, yeah. Um, but uh, before, or hopefully before that, next pincast we'll have a bonus episode which we mentioned earlier mm -hmm. with uh steve ritchie and uh, jack warnieri of jersey jack pinball discussing the uh, the new recently launched elton john game um keep your eyes open on uh, on on uh, social media or your uh, um uh, subscribe so, yeah. to our podcast so you get uh, notified when that episode goes uh, goes live absolutely right yeah other than that we'll be back at the start of, oh my goodness, start of December, I guess, uh, with our next regular monthly pincast, looking back at all the events in the pinball industry and uh, the pinball world throughout uh, this month of November. So, uh, until then. Until then. Yeah. Uh, from uh, from me, Martin Ayer of Pinball News, and... And uh, me, Jonathan Houston of uh, Pinball Magazine. We wish you a fantastic November and we'll see you next month for another Pincast. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.